And hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Abdullah Samir Friendly Ex-Muslim Podcast. It's been a while. It's been a while. So let's just see if my sound is working. So sound check if someone can confirm the sound is working. And uh, we will get started right away. All right. So give me a sec just to make sure everything's working. <laughs> it's been a while. Sound is good. Okay, awesome. Okay, good to know. Alrighty, so it's been an interesting uh, couple of days and lots of things have happened. I thought instead of um, talking about this in a pre-recorded video, I'm going to go live. It's been a while and uh, discuss some of the things that have been happening. And all of this is connected to India and what happened in India and what Apostle Prophet said and how that has turned into this, um, <laughs> this, I guess you could say shit show, <laughs> if you want to call it that. So, um, and I'm going to disagree with the Pase Prophet here, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So it's going to be interesting. Um, okay. The, my sound is not synchronized. Okay. Give me one second. I'm going to reload the page, see if I can fix it. Test, test, test. Okay. Uh, let me know if it's any better. Um, Zagros, let me know if the sound is better and the, the video is synchronized now. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a while since I've live streamed, so <laughs> I apologize for technical issues. Let me know how it's going. Mm. Excellent. Okay, so it's fixed. All right, let me share my screen then. I want to show you guys. We'll get started with this. Share screen. Okay, so here we have it. Boom. He's gone. And this is not the first time. It seems like this keeps happening over and over again. And he comes back and he goes. And <laughs> it's just like, oh, my goodness. Social media is like one of the most difficult things to deal with right now if you're, if you're one of us. So let's take a look and see what he said. And... Um, what happened there? So he posted an update. And here we go. Twitter permanently banned me after I posted cartoons and offended Muhammad. <laughs> offended Muhammad. Twitter only protects Islam this way. Twitter is on the side of the, the violent Islamist rioters who hate freedom and equality. So his, his post here is that uh, Nupur Sharma did nothing wrong. It is Muhammad who married a child. Okay, so... For some reason it's not getting any bigger. Oh, there we go. That's all that's all there is to it. So here we have apostate prophet, secular activist, someone who is fighting for the rights of minorities, of ex-Muslims, of even Uyghur Muslims, who's spoken on behalf of Christians, who's spoken on behalf of everyone, someone that is clearly a satirist, someone that you know pokes fun at religion, at Islam in particular, and he got banned for this. And in fact, even before this, he got banned for something else, which was, oh, I can't even show you now because he's banned. But he had another tweet, which he got temporarily banned over. It was a tweet 
the guiding um, Muhammad, Prophet Muhammad was an epileptic, right? So the epileptic prophet, that thing basically got him in trouble as well. He made a thread on this. He made an entire thread of, it was a nice thread. It was like, I don't know, like 10 different tweets on, on the topic. So now it's gone. I can't even show it to you, which is unfortunate. But we're going to talk about what I think about what he said. But before that, let's talk about what happened. People like him are needed. If, when you have Islamists, you have Muslims that are able to go and say whatever they want for the most part and rarely ever get banned. You know, there's a bias. There's a social media bias that's at play against people like us. It makes it really difficult for us to compete on equal terms to Islamists. Islamists, you know, the funny thing is if a Muslim posted this, you can just imagine the exact same thing being posted by a Muslim. Muhammad did nothing wrong. He married a child. There's nothing wrong. Like with Muslims, many Muslims will say that either she wasn't a child or the age of puberty was earlier or blah, 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 blah. You know, she wasn't actually a child. She wasn't nine. She was 19. There's all sorts of reasons. But like if a Muslim posted something in defense of Muhammad marrying Aisha, that would be fine. But if someone, in this case, we on the other end of things, getting people like me and Pasir Prophet Abdullah Gondal getting kicked off of Twitter over just asserting a point of view, a position. And that's what people like us do. So it, it becomes very, you know, dangerous when society is leading to a direction where people that are on one side are all getting kicked off and banned and things are just going further and further in one direction, right? We can't say even things that are basically facts. And in this case, he's talking about, you know, this the situation that happened, and we'll talk about it, but, but the situation happened, he's giving his opinion on what was said and how he interprets the situation. He's saying Nupur Sharma did nothing wrong and puts a cartoon there and he's banned for that. This is like unfortunate. This is tragic and we need to we need to all contact Twitter support. We all need to contact Twitter support and we need to ask them at Twitter support. Right? Twitter support. You know, we can do it in the same way. Right? We can say Apostle Prophet did nothing wrong. And that's like, we all need to do this. If we have a Twitter account, go on there, post Apostle Prophet did nothing wrong. <laughs> like, he's just giving his opinion, right? And then, yeah, we, we can talk about the, 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 the backlash to this. So before we get into the actual Nupur Sharma situation, like, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to say it again. I disagree with his take. But I completely disagree with him being kicked off social media over this, right? So um, we can disagree without censorship, right? Now, is it right what Nupur Sharma did? Okay, I'm going to tell you now. I think it was wrong what she did. And now I'm going to get in lots of trouble for saying this. But hear me out. Hear me out. Why am I saying that it's okay that what, what Apostle Prophet did was okay, but I don't think what she did was right. So let me actually just go through what happened. For those of you who don't know, uh, Hara Sultan and Nuria have covered this in great detail on the on their channel. But let's just go through and discuss 
the exact situation, what happened, and then we can talk about why I think she shouldn't have done this. So here we have Nupur Sharma. She was was the spokesperson for the BJP, which is right-wing, I guess, Hindutva party in uh, India, majority ruling party. And as we know, the majority of Hindus in India, we have a situation with Muslims and Hindus living together. But it's not exactly like Canada or America or other places in the world where we have, as Hara Sultan said, like, you know, we have like peace and safety and ability to speak and, you know, argue and have, we have dissent and there's, we don't have mob chaos and these sort of things. In in India, it's not like that. It's, you know, I would say tinderbox is one way to put it. Like you have, you have a situation there that's not totally stable, right? For the Muslims or the Hindus and the Muslims being the minorities, you know, are going to have to be worried about certain things that, ha that have happened you know there's there's a growing hindufta right wing that is going after muslims in india and of course muslims are not totally innocent either the fact that like there's been mobs and stuff that came out of this as well but the the fact is that as a member of parliament if you are a member of parliament you are the spokesperson for one of the parties you should not be saying things like this in a tense situation or making a tense situation for Muslims and Hindus in India. And as Hala Sultan said, you know, people like this can just go on TV from the safety of the home or the studio and say whatever they want and just walk away. And then the repercussions are felt by the people on the street. Like there's apparently the there was a mob going around again, this from Hala Sultan, and the mob was telling shopkeepers shut your shop doors shut your shop doors and we're going to protest this right we're gonna and these guys like that maybe they don't care about this debate or whatever what she said maybe they don't like it but they still got to live right it's not like they have the luxury of just giving up free money um but anyways so you have those people getting involved and then you have some muslims getting attacked as well over this conflict and this conflict actually goes back to she was on tv she was debating with someone and what happened was there's was, there's a debate about a mosque that's built that's been built on top of a temple or something and the person she was talking to said something that she didn't like about the shiva lingam which is the penis of shiva which is you know he said it was a water fountain she said how dare you say it's a water fountain it's like a holy thing to me she said you want me to offend you or do you want me to attack your religion and she started saying you guys believe in a flying horse and Muhammad married a six-year-old you know she said all these things which are interestingly not not blasphemy the like actual like beliefs of Islam of Sunni Islam so the problem was who said it is the problem right she said it she said these facts but like it the problem is because of who she was you know ident identity politics is why this thing exploded now the positive thing about what she said is that this is becoming easier to talk about. People are able to actually dis maybe discuss these things, you know, rather than just hiding and, and, you know, having Islam on a pedestal and no one can talk about it, right? So we have the ability to discuss this now because it's become like major news. And But what happened? Okay, so the, there was a bunch of stuff that happened. Muslim countries started boycotting 
started boycotting Indian products. So it became an economic war now, like like Cold War situation, right? And because of this, they were forced to, they basically have suspended her from her position. I don't know if they mentioned this in the article or not. Um, yeah, it says they hear her suspension, right? On top of that, the Muslims are, are, are arguing she should be arrested for blasphemy. I mean, this is a joke to say this is blasphemy when it's the actual Islamic beliefs to believe that Muhammad got married to Aisha. It's in Sahih Muslim and probably Sahih Bukhari. This, you know, Burak that he wrote to Jannah, that's an Islamic belief as well. So how is it blasphemy? And it's not blasphemy, but the, the saying now this is blasphemy. And um, this is this is bad. This is bad that people cannot say these things. Now, I still disagree with her saying it because what she's done is she's made it into a Hindu-Muslim issue. So for someone like that's outside of the situation, someone like apostate prophet or myself, when we talk about these things, we are like, basically neutral parties and this is our job like we criticize religion we criticize belief dumb beliefs this is what we do for someone to actually be that's a part of the ruling government to go and make what i would call insensitive comments about the prophet muhammad not that we have any sort of the funny thing is it's insensitive but it's true but again, going back to identity politics, so it's so I don't think she should have said this. I don't think this was the right way to, you know, if if we want to encourage discourse and dialogue and, you know, Hindu Muslim discussion, this is not the way to do it. You don't you don't take a you know a ruling party member, and like start attacking the beliefs of a minority because it, it creates problems, right? Even if they if Muslims were a majority, then you wouldn't even be able to do it, because it would be like you know hell would freeze over from the reaction right because muhammad is treated like almost like a demigod demigod demigog i said like gog and magog and so it's difficult to actually speak about these things so while again i do disagree with that she did nothing wrong he should he did nothing wrong by saying that she did nothing wrong that was his opinion and he should be restored and get back you know we need to get get his account back and so please do tweet twitter support tweet twitter support and let's help to try to get his account back i don't know if he's going to get it back or not and you know that's that's what it is it is what it is but this is the situation so let me know in the comments what you think you know do you agree or disagree with me i see some people disagree uh yeah this this is a good comment it's interesting how the backlash fell on her for insulting islam but the reverse didn't happen for the scholar the insulted hindu holy figures first yeah i guess that's a fair that's a fair point as well that what he said was offensive to her and again the funny thing is to be offended about your own beliefs being mentioned on in public yes with ill intent like if you look at the mahdi if you go back to mahdi hassan when he was debating richard dawkins and richard dawkins said oh you believe in a flying donkey or whatever he said right in this like pretty famous debate hassan you know mahdi hassan didn't run away right he's like yeah I believe in it, right? He, he like acknowledges, he's like, yeah, I believe in it. So what? Like, kind of like, yeah, like I believe in nonsense, but so what? <laughs> right? If that's the case, like, sh shouldn't that be the ideal Muslim way to respond to such people? You believe this and this. Yes. 
I do, and okay, so what? Like, okay, we be- you believe in nonsense as well. Like, you you just get back to like Hanuman and flying monkeys, and you know, there's equally ridiculous beliefs, if not more ridiculous, in Hinduism, right? <laughs> so this is this is the problem, right? The problem is that we can't discuss these things. This wasn't. This was again, again. The problem is because for me, the problem is because she's a member of parliament. And she's a governmental figure, and now she's making comments about religious beliefs of people that, in the society, in many ways, it's just a masked anti-Muslim comment. It's not necessarily about the belief, but it's like us versus them. It's tribalism, right? It's kind of like, you know, you're scoring points, one group against another. It's not necessarily the case that she's making, oh, my... Your religious beliefs are outdated and unfair because in Islam, you know, she's not, that's not, that wasn't the point of this. This was like, you're offending me. I'm going to offend you back. I'm going to get you back. And yeah, like, I don't, I don't agree with what she did. And this is typically my, like, this is my perspective. I always have a perspective like this. When the Quran building happened, I was like, oh dear, you know, this is my, this is my point of view. This is how I see things. And everyone doesn't have to disagree. With, everyone doesn't have to disagree with me. Everyone doesn't have to agree with me. Like I, you know, we have different viewpoints in the ex-Muslim community, right? Apostate prophet is like, yeah, she did nothing wrong, right? And I'm gonna fight him if he comes on here. We can talk about it. And not only him, some of my other friends as well said she said nothing wrong. But I'm I'm leaning towards there's nothing wrong with what she said per se, but like. Who, who she is in the in the context of what it was being of what was being said as a way of like attacking getting back i like i don't see the point of this and what what gain came out okay so you know now we can look back and see what happened right what happened she lost her job the bjp party had to now step back because of the ep- economic re- repercussion of what she said now does that mean we should that's right what's happening no of course not this is a form of like bullying, I guess you could say, right? And like, let's let's jump to a little bit of a different topic. This is a related topic, not Amber Heard. I don't know why she's showing up on my own. Oh my God, please go away. That's not that's not the point of this discussion. <laughs> this is about Lady Fatima, Lady of Heaven, in the UK being banned or like you know being taken off because of the Muslim backlash. So yet again, another example of Muslim backlash. What happened? Lady of Heaven, which is a movie made by, from what I've heard, a Shia extremist, some like guy that's like so out there that even Iran banned the video because it created a lot of drama. I don't know. Like sectarian, again, you can see like Iran wants stability. So they're like, yeah, we don't want this. We just don't want to deal with this which is sensible. The problem is it maybe is sensible in Iran that it's not sensible in the UK. It should not be the situation in the UK. That now that is a problem, right? Let's we like I I'm holding the UK to higher standards and like the movie was here in Canada, ex-Muslims of Toronto. We were going to go see it, but we couldn't end up seeing it because the day that it happened was not on the weekend, so it wasn't enough, you know, it was difficult to attend. So we were planning to go see it all together. Didn't work out. Apparently it was in America. There was nothing, no peep happened. It came and went and whatever. UK, 
oh my god now there's a big you know everyone's getting freaking out and it's a big problem and muslims are you know angry about it and they're ready to fight over it and you know like i'll just show you one example we have a favorite example here oh it's gone what it's gone okay muhammad hijab what happened to his video <laughs> it's gone okay there's an angry rant of muhammad hijab talking about uh lady of heaven and you're gonna you're gonna insult or maybe it got taken down as well i don't know if it got taken down or it um i don't know what happened but it's still on you can still see on his youtube you know this angry you know let's let's just look at it right okay so this is sort of the reaction that has been coming out to the situation in you know this this video coming out okay did he remove it oh great it's not even there anymore wow <laughs> what the heck so this has become a big issue i don't know why it's not here anymore but maybe he never maybe he never put it on youtube i don't know but there's been like riots and and this is the absolutely wrong reason to remove the the movie but they had to do it for safety reasons right so we have a situation where Sunni Muslims are willing to are able to shut down dialogue. Like I mean, I have a friend. Okay, click on videos. Is it still? Is the video still there? Okay, maybe it is still there. No, I don't think it's here. I don't know where it is. But anyways, we have a situation where Muslims are able to take down the actual content. Oops, long topic. Take down the content stop movies from being shown because the like you know the safety of the staff that is absolutely terrible and wrong and awful and it's just like this should not be happening some of my friends muslim ex-muslim friends in the uk are worried about the uk because how is it that like okay yes there's some issue the movie is bad okay so let the movie be bad it's a freaking movie. It's one person's doc, like point of view or whatever, right? Dividing Muslims. We're in a secular country. Like, you're already divided. What are you talking about? Like, what's what's the big deal, right? You're allowed to be offended, but to to shut down like this is again the same thing that's happening over and over again. You know, Muslims shutting down dialogue, shutting down. And, and again, this didn't happen in Canada. It didn't happen in the U.S., but the U.K., it did happen. And this is just awful. We want there to be the, like, we want discussion. We want you, like, how would we, how are we going to get anywhere as a society if every single time there's any sort of dialogue, it gets shut down by one group or another, right? A cancellation, one way of, one form of canceling or another. So, so my argument, so Zagros is asking, can you recap your argument in a condensed state, please, so we can understand exactly where you come from? Sure. My argument is that she had every right, legally, let's say, to say it, because there should be no law against blasphemy. The blasphemy law, there should not be a blasphemy law, even though there is a blasphemy law in India that apparently came from the British or something. There shouldn't be blasphemy law. Freedom of speech is one thing. But whether or not it's legal to say a thing, does that mean it's wise? 
I don't think it was wise for her to say what she said, being a member of parliament, in a situation where there is like a tinderbox or a tense situation between Hindus and Muslims. Not out of respect for Muhammad, because no one has to respect Muhammad, but because it's just not a wise thing to do. You don't always have to say, just because you can say something doesn't mean you have to say something. It's, it's a, I'm making a calculated, I'm making a judgment call on whether it was right or wrong. I don't think it was wrong per se in a legal sense, but I think it just, it made the situation bad. It made the situation worse for Muslims and Hindus in India. And they're just not at the point yet where it's easy for them to, to have these conversations. And in fact, like, it's things seem to be getting worse over there than better, right? Like it's it, apparently I've heard from some of my friends, my ex-Muslim friends in India or were, that were in India, that things were actually better before. People were more tolerant. There was less issues with Hindu Muslim fighting. People would get married, and then there was this big issue with love jihad. You know this conspiracy that Muslims are out to convert you know Hindus by marrying them or whatever. Like, I mean, marry whoever you want. You know. Whether you're this one or that one, it's it's whether you're Hindu or Muslim, you know, it should be it should go both ways, right? Muslim woman, Hindu man, Muslim woman, Muslim woman, Hindu man, Muslim man, Hindu woman, it shouldn't matter, right? I mean, love is love. And if they find love, even despite the fact that they come from totally different backgrounds, that's amazing because what they have in common is they're both Indian, right? And so this is something in common that we can unite over and things are actually getting worse in India. You have the BJP party that is not at all liberal party, not at all a party that cares about secularism or freedom of religion or whatever, uh, you know, or minorities in general, Muslim, the Muslim Muslims are kind of bad off right now in India. That's what I, that's what I've been hearing. Right. So yes, we, but going back to Apostate Prophet, this is his job, <laughs> okay? Like, this is what he does. To, to silence him, someone that, like, it's like a journalist. It's like shutting down a journalist. Like, you, you shouldn't do that, right? This is his thing he does. This is the thing I do. We, we should be allowed to share our opinions, right? We're not part of the situation. We're out of it, and we're, we're just discussing for the sake of bringing dialogue, right? It's like banning Jordan Peterson or something, or like Sam Harris, or like, you know, just because they have a position that is, and 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 it's see, I guess I understand where Twitter is coming from. You know, the bots, you know, all the bots that that flagged this saw Muhammad made a child, and I don't know, maybe there was someone that actually looked at it. I have no idea if it was a bot decision, but it looks like it's now a permanent ban, so it's going to be harder to get it back. And uh, blasphemy, yes, blasphemy is a human right. Exactly. We have every right, right? Every time the world bows to them, they get more confident in their arrogance. And the problem is it, it's a financial thing too, right? It's a financial thing too. So Nupur Sharma being, a, again, member of parliament, you know, part of the BJP, when, when she said this, now she's cost Indian government like, I don't know, millions of dollars or what? But like this, this is an economic repercussion. So everything comes with a cost, right? There's a cost for everything. So, which is why, again, I don't think this was the right way to do it because it didn't work. I don't, I don't think it worked anyways. I don't think it achieved anything positive other than, yes, we're all discussing it now, which is maybe, you know, a positive thing. Um, okay. What if I said racism is a human right? 
But is this is this racism though? I don't see how this is racism. I see this as critiquing a belief system, and belief systems are also critiqued by fellow members of the religion. Like in this case, they're critiquing the guy's beliefs and what he said in the video, right? Like that should be allowed. They should be allowed to do that, but not shut down dialogue. That's the problem here, right? <laughs> uh, what the F does? Uh, oh, sorry, long comment. Uh, he mocked the Uyghurs. Maybe that's the reason. No, he did. He didn't. He actually stood up on behalf. You're talking about apostate prophet now. Apostate prophet actually made a video on behalf of Uyghur Muslims. And actually, I don't know if he made a video, but they talked about it in a live stream. David Wood and him. Let me just go over some of the super chats. Thank you. Stop scamming, man, for the five British pounds. Maybe a good way to counter Twitter taking down such comments want only is to petition for the instatement. Yes, exactly. Let's all contact Twitter support and at least let them know what we think because we're the customers too, right? So we have two groups of customers. We're going to fight. We're going to fight out. And we're going to try to get them back on there. Hopefully we can, um, you know, hopefully we can get get back to get them back on there. Okay. Positive profit should sue Twitter. You can't sue Twitter because you, in order to use Twitter, you have to agree to the terms and services. So you can't sue them for taking away access to their own platform, which they gave you voluntarily. The only way they can, you can sue them is if they cause, I don't even know. I, I'm not a lawyer, but like, yeah, you can't really do that. Uh, just to get to the point, Islam isn't a race, it's an ideology. Yes, exactly. What race is Islam? Yeah, Islam has every every race in it, right? <laughs> All right, another super chat from Stop Scamming Man, 10 British pounds. Lately, India's 2011 census data was released showing far more population growth among Hindus and Muslims. Even if it were otherwise, of course, the persecution and murders would still be an abomination. Yeah, so, you know, this is kind of the situation there, and I, I don't know ex the exact details, but what, from what I've heard, it's kind of bad for Muslims over there right now, right? Um. One of my friends was just visiting India and he showed me a picture of an Indian, sorry, a Muslim restaurant, Muslim-run restaurant that literally on the restaurant, like right on the, the thing, it said no beef. They had to like stick it in big, bold, no beef, like meaning Hindus, please leave us alone. Or like not even Hindus, like the, you know, the, 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 the cow police, basically, the ones that will go and like beat the shit out of you if they find out you're eating, selling cow meat. But you can eat buffalo meat apparently, but not not cows, right? Eh? So yeah, it's 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 a it's you know okay. So this is a good way to put it. Salim Raza said, "Freedom of speech cannot be an excuse to be free from any responsibility for any untoward consequences in society in a volatile situation." This is exactly the point I'm trying to make. Is it's it's not black and white. It's a it's a we're making judgment calls here. We're making, you know, we're making evaluations on a situation and we're, we're just saying, well, I don't think this and I don't think that. And this is my point. It's not black and white. And, you know, we can't really say that if one person says, I support her, you know, I support her freedom of speech, but I don't, I don't think it was a wise decision what she did. And when to say she did nothing wrong, I would disagree with that. I think she did something wrong and I don't think she should have done that. And excuse me, even even the, the government's getting rid of her now. So they, they had to backtrack. So like, was this a good thing? It doesn't seem like it to me. So anyways, yeah. So isn't Twitter um, owned by some Saudi person? Yeah, there's a Prince Talal. He was actually debating with uh, <laughs> Elon Musk about, he's like, he didn't want to sell to Elon Musk because I don't know. Anyways, yeah. So there's some, there's some owners of Twitter that are 
some big Muslim shareholders of Twitter. But I don't think that's the reason why. I don't think those Saudi princes even give a shit about what's on Twitter, whether it's Islam, Islamophobic or whatever. I don't think they care. I think all they care about is money. And I think in this case, it's all about not offending the customer. So, which is why, again, I'm saying if you, if you believe that what Twitter is doing is wrong by taking down a positive profit, contact them. Contact them and let's get him back on there, right? So, yeah, a freaking Islamist. I don't know if he's, I mean, yeah, I guess he's an, I don't know much about him, but he's, he's some rich dude. Again, I don't think any of these people are actually religious Muslims, right? Muslim, all the, the God is a mighty dollar. Like that's what they worship. But yeah, they would probably do things if they could to, because apparently there was some investigation that happened where Twitter was, um, Twitter in Saudi, there was some something bad happened, right? They they were actually leaking information. I think was it hackers or something? Employees, Twitter employees in Saudi. Hold on, let me see if I can find the story. Okay, I found it. Let me just show it on the screen. So there is there is a risk, right? <laughs> like this is like super bad. This is like as bad as it can get. If this is what's happening, right? It's just like really bad. Um. You definitely we definitely don't want that. Like we don't want this to be like ugh, like you know, Twitter employees getting confidential information and leaking about journalists or critics of of the regime or of the religion. Imagine Pakistan, you know, demanding information. It's it's bad, right? It's super bad, right? Um wasn't Sharma's insult a spur of the moment outburst? Yeah, I, I guess that is that is part of it as well because she was like you were gonna insult my shiva lingam you know statue or penis of shiva i'm gonna get you back i'm gonna insult your religious what you hold sacred right so but the thing is nobody apologized nobody said she shouldn't have said that until they fired because of the economic backlash that happened so eventually it, you know they had to step down step back from what they were saying but initially, it was all like you know there was not there was no um, no comments that was saying that she was wrong, right? So yeah, um, this is the situation, and um, that that's my thoughts on the matter. And so yeah, let's let's go to the comments. Freedom, free speech died hundreds of years ago. People are only seeing censorship now on a global scale, and we're just now noticing this threat to freedom of speech. Yeah, the the big tech companies have so much power over what's being said, how it's being said, and people like us are getting caught in the crossfire. You know, Abdullah Gondal was banned from Twitter as well. Uh, I forget what, what the reason was. I don't even remember the reason now, but it, it just keeps happening. So we can't just let it go. We can't just sit idly while they do this. We have to say something, right? And yeah, it's I agree with D here that like if you're just quoting Islamic beliefs, it would have been more appropriate to just respond and, and say, yeah, like that's what we believe. Or maybe I don't believe that Muhammad married a child and maybe she wasn't a child. That would be like an appropriate, but th that's not, they're not at that point yet. I feel like, you know, the situation in India is not, it's not at an intellectual discussion level. It's like at the mob violence level. It's at the level of like, let's fire up the crowds. Let's go burn down some Hindu shops. Let's go beat up some Muslims. Like this is the situation that we we have. We have a situation where it's not um, it's not a good situation, right? It's not it's not the time to be. I feel like it's not, and it's not the 
the way to be doing this is not this is not the right way to do it, right? Um, even though she quoted exactly what was in the hadith and Quran, which is exactly true. And if someone else would have said the same thing, I would have said, yeah, it's fine. It's just that I'm saying based on the context, I feel like, you know, maybe this was, there was, could have been a better way to do it. There should be, an, Coco Jasmine says, there should be an international blasphemy and freedom of speech day, although that should be every day. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I agree. So, um, I don't know what, Muhammad Mikhail is saying 81 views. We have 155 people in the chat. I don't know what he means by that. Ex-Muslims career. Career. Career? <laughs> um, so D is saying they're calling for her hanging in Bangladesh. Oh, my God. Yeah, they're calling for her hanging. And there was actually... I was debating whether to even bring this up because it's kind of like... Yeah, it's a bit much, but let me show you. My, since, it, since it came up, let's talk about it. There was a blogger that was arrested over saying something pretty darn bad. So this guy got so mad over this that he took an effigy of, I guess, Nupur Sharma, like a picture of her, whatever. And he basically, what did he do? He beheaded it. Is that what he did? <laughs> he beheaded it. <laughs> like, wow, religion of peace. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> I wonder if he said Allahu Akbar too when he did it. I mean, I'm, I'm joking about it. But he's been arrested. So this is... Okay, so like... The freedom of speech thing has limits, right, guys? <laughs> like, I'm just wondering which freedom of speech people would in the in the chat would agree with what he did. Again, it's hard for us to discuss from the freedom and the safety of our living rooms in Canada, U.S., wherever you guys are, everywhere, all over the world. We're not in this situation where like mobs are coming and telling you to close down your shop. And we're not in that situation where there's this there's, there's tense situation because a mosque, they're saying the mosque is built on top of a Hindu temple and they want it to be, you know, taken down. They want the Hindu temple back. And there's, you know, like there's all of these things happening that maybe we don't totally understand right and so it's not fair for us to just make judgments but you can see that like he broke the law by doing this like he's this is like at the point where maybe someone would harm her next like you know what i mean like after posting something like this you can see like where anger is going like she's she could be like killed over this like i mean that's bad right and she should not be harmed in any way whatsoever for i mean for saying islamic beliefs right like if she was a muslim and she said this Okay, no one, no one would bat an eye. If Zakir Knight came on TV and said, Aisha was six and he was married when she was nine and there's nothing wrong with this, nobody would say anything. But like, if, because she's Hindu and she's a spokesperson of the BJP party, it's, it becomes a big problem. And, and because they're, they're taking it as a very tribal thing. It's a very tribal situation there in India right now. Right? It's just like, geez, right? It's not... <laughs> D <laughs> Effigy lives matter. Oh my god. Yeah, that's that's pretty funny. So so yeah, like I, I, I do think that you know I hope we get to the point where anyone can say anything other than like calling for like people to be harmed, right? I mean the line is gonna move based on where you are as a society. The more civilized your society is 
the further the line can go, which is why in in many countries you can make fun of Jesus in stand up and comedies and cartoons and nobody nobody bats an eye because they're civilized. I mean, that's simple, right? I mean, they're civilized and they're able to understand that, okay, this is like a joke or whatever, and I can let it go. I can look over there, blah, 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 whatever. The less civilized your society is, the more that line push is pushed, is pushed, is pushed. I mean, it's not just religious blasphemy. It's also like dictatorships that would not allow you to criticize the religion. Um, any, any group or government that would block dissent journalism freedom of expression freedom of belief you know like saudi is not in my opinion is less civilized so whenever people say well in saudi you know this is you know saudi doesn't allow uh, christians to have public you know blah 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 like public like open christmas celebrations whatever yes they don't and that's bad because they're less civilized we don't want to be more like saudi we don't want to be more like Saudi. So he's saying, so you're saying Christians are civilized. I'm saying, I'm saying the societies that we live in, if you want to characterize them as Christian societies, I characterize them as secular societies. And yes, many of them are far more civilized than some of the Muslim countries, right? And part, sometimes it's part of the Muslim countries, not the whole thing. It could be certain parts, like especially in many countries, you'd find that the the rural, you know, the, the places away from civilization are much more, it's much more difficult to get to them. Whereas the big cities, like even, you know, I've heard from people in Pakistan, like in Karachi, there's many atheists that are open. But like in the, you know, in the rural towns and the small towns, you wouldn't dare admit that you're atheist. You can get killed, right? So it depends where you are in society too. I mean, look at India. India has laws against sati. I don't know if you guys know what sati is. Let me know if anyone knows what sati is. I'll explain it. Sati is... Uh, it's such a horrible thing. It's the a Hindu woman, when her husband dies... Now, we know most of the time a man marries a younger woman. The woman outlives the man. Women live longer anyways, even if you didn't marry a younger woman. Even if you married a woman the same age, chances are that you would outlive her because of men tend to die younger, right? On average. So the woman is supposed to be, like she's supposed to, like it's so insane. Like I can't even say it. Like the man, you know, they have, um, um, like what do you call it? Like they they burn the body. What's the word? Yeah, the burning widows. So basically they, uh, what was it called when you, um, uh, when you, when you, you turn a body to ashes anyway. So, you know, that, that funeral thing, you don't bury the body, but the is not coming to my mind for some reason <laughs> I'm tongue tied here, but anyways, yeah. So, um, when they burn the body of the man, the woman is supposed to be burned alive as well, which is like insane, right? Cremation. Thank you. Oh my goodness. <laughs> my mind's not working. Cremation. So they cremate the guy on a funeral pile and then the woman's supposed to die as well. So the British actually, you know, attempted to put a stop to this. Indian government has made it illegal, but it still happens. So this is the situation that even the caste system is illegal. And yeah, the British Raj outlawed it exactly. So it's like this is a this is a craziness that we have. We have this situation that still exists. The caste system is completely illegal as well. You're not allowed to, you know, um, in India, you're not allowed to discriminate against other castes. 
like, you know, this untouchables, the sudras, they're supposed to be like cleaning toilets and stuff and you can never marry them and whatever. Um, maybe I'm wrong. That never happens. But the caste system thing still happens, right? The, the caste, people are still, they still think in terms of caste. And I, maybe I shouldn't have mentioned sati as an example. If it doesn't happen anymore, I'm wrong. But what I meant was some of the really crazy things that even if it's illegal, and it doesn't happen in the cities, it still happens in town. Another example that comes to mind is that in Japan, you know, they eat, was it, is it whales or dolphins? And it's, it's actually banned internationally to, to um, I think, dolphin meat, right? But apparently they still sell it and eat it, especially in the small towns. Right? In the city, you know, no one eats it, apparently, the big city. But like, you know, yeah, and apparently... So, so Sahil saying no cremation does doesn't happen anymore. Casteism Zelda. Okay, I think you, I don't I don't think you mean cremation. Cremation still happens, but I think you mean the sati doesn't happen, right? Um, not okay. So, anyways, yeah, yeah. This is like clay. It's just like insanity, right? When I'm pretty sure that even when this was being banned, it was the same situation that in the bigger cities, you know, it would have been banned, and in the smaller towns and out of the way places, there would be, you know. Okay, so this is getting kind of dark. Uh, I don't. I don't think this is seems correct. What I, the they put ghee in the mouth of what? Okay, I don't know. If, anyways, this is like, I this is getting crazy. Uh, let's not talk about this anymore. <laughs> uh, okay, we have a comment here by Agatha Shaula Benitez. No, it isn't about Christianity being more civilized. It's about Christian majority countries doesn't have that tyrannic impositions. Yeah, so thankfully, secularism has taken away the the dogma, the danger of dogma. It's 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 basically, you know, held back religious stupidity from all over the world, right? I mean, any well, sometimes not always the case because again, you can have a secular society like India where you you still have people voting on identity and then you have problems still even there because then again instead of voting based on you know what's beneficial for everyone humanism you, again you can the majority can still outvote the minority and take away the rights even under secularism so secularism is not enough right it's it you need more than that you need you need humanism you need freedom you need all the freedoms that we fought for after the world war ii right the things that people died for freedom of religion, freedom of expression, freedom of belief, you know, the right not to be discriminated against based on gender, sex, identity, you know, all of that stuff that that we fought for and died for. We don't want we don't want that stuff coming back and we can't just let it come back because there's always like we are apes, right? Like we're evolved apes and we have we still have a, a chimp brains, a lizard brains. We still have those those dark tendencies to tribalism to violence right and which is why whenever you have a it's like sometimes you have people that go into war soldiers and they get ptsd not from seeing what the enemy did but from seeing what they did you know what i'm saying like the the things that people do they don't even believe they don't even realize like what they can do right it's just like um we didn't come from chimps or lizards, bud. I, I don't know what, what I'm I'm talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. I if you if you don't believe in evolution, don't believe in evolution. But I'm saying that there's a certain part of our brain that is common, 
and there's a reason why it's called the lizard brain or the chimp brain. It's the parts of our brain that have been around for way longer. The part that, you know, reacts to fight or flight, the instincts, the, you know, things that you, whenever you, you go into automatic mode and you stop being rational, right? When someone's about to like threaten you and the, you know, the adrenaline's coming, the testosterone's flowing in your blood and you're like, you either freeze or you fight, you know, your anger when it comes out. A lot of this is coming from the, the parts of our brain that are meant that got us where we are today to survive, right? Survival, you know, evolution, evolutionary psychology explains all of these things, right? So I don't know if this is going to become a debate on evolution in the, in the chat here. Uh, Benjamin Iota or Lota, I think Iota, thank you for super chat. SM companies, social media companies haven't realized that silencing certain groups or people is encouraging echo chambers. People will go and create their own apps, i.e. David Wood and DT, Donald Trump. Yeah. So the reptilian brain. Yeah. So, so the thing is that I'm skeptical about people that claim to be able to make their own social media platforms because being in tech myself, I realize how difficult it is to run like a huge platform like that. It's very, very difficult. It's very easy to make the website, like the public facing website, but the the guts of the operation, the the machinery that keeps it running, that that blocks the bots. I mean, Elon Musk was was arguing that Twitter has like didn't they say Biden has like some ridiculous number of bots following him? <laughs> I don't remember what it was, some gigantic number like in the millions. Like getting stopping bots stopping spam and also not having your corner of the internet turn into like a dark scary place like just imagine you know all the child you know what that they block all these social media companies and people are just going to go to these free speech platforms and they're going to upload it there they're going to go all of the deployables of society of social media the ones that get banned because they have like nasty views like you know for example like neo-nazi groups they're all gonna swarm to these platforms so i don't know how this is going to work i'm, I'm skeptical to say the least i don't i don't know if it's gonna succeed i i really don't because it's it's very difficult right um going back to the evolution you know there's so many examples that that come to mind for example when you when you you know how we get scared at night when you're walking in the forest or walking outside and it's dark and you get scared of the dark you hear something and you're like somebody following me well what's what's was that like who's that right that comes from our ancestral evolutionary survival instincts because the people that didn't have those instincts got eaten by the lion they're like la di da di da i hear something oh it's just the wind lion comes and eats them right end of story game over their genes are done. The jealousy. If I was not jealous, you know, about my partner and some other man came and impregnated her and I raised her, raised the child, then my my genes are done. Finished. So that's... Evolutionary psychology to me is so amazing because it explains so much. It's just like, you know, some of it is very theoretical, sure, but like it, it just, it makes sense, right? It just makes a lot of sense, right? Okay, one true God, destroyer of false gods, Allah and Shiva says, I'm studying a new religion. If you will be my friend, I'll make you my successor. You're my Abu Bakr. Why can't I be the, the, the founder? What do you mean? I don't want to be no second in command. 
I want to be the first one. Shayan Shayan Rizvi says, love your content, Abdullah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Okay. They, yeah, exactly. Dale Duckworth says, agency detection circuitry. This is why when you look at, when we see patterns a lot of the time, we have this like bias, right? We have these biases. We have these instincts. And uh, guy that's random guy that's saying it's not evolution, <laughs> you know, like you, <clears throat> you would have a harder time explaining to me why we have goosebumps, why we like, why we have a tailbone, right? How come sometimes people are born with tails? Look it up. There's so many things like you, anyone that like debates evolution. I just like, I gotta laugh because there's like, there's like a million and one evidences. Why, why do you think that? Like, I think it's what, like 99% of scientists believe in evolution. Like you can't do science without evolution. You just cannot. The only people that are against evolution tend to be the religious holdouts. People that don't want to admit it for dogma because they believe in dogma. They believe in something not because it makes sense, but because they have to believe it, right? That's what dogma is. You accept it uncritically. You're not challenging it. You're not scrutinizing it. I would say look up Darwin's moth. That's another beautiful example, right? Uh, the, the magnificent G-Man says evolutionary psychology and epigenetics are fascinating. Uh, it looks like I'm slightly out of sync again. Yeah, I'm having some technical issues. I don't know why my computer is doing this to me. It's a sad, sad day when the technical guy has uh, technical issues. I'm just going to reload my browser. Give me one second. Okay, so I'm back and hopefully it's better. I, 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 having, I don't know why I'm having all of these random issues. It's just... Uh, um, Abhi K says evolution is not just a theory anymore. It's an axiom, right? It's an axiom. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's it's just so well like documented and and um, random guy. Abiogenesis is different than evolution. This is a very common mistake noobs make. They they say, well, explain how life started, and then therefore, if you can't explain that, then you don't believe in evolution. Those are two different things. Abiogenesis, how life started, is one topic. How life evolved is another topic altogether. You can believe, even if you want to believe God did it. God created the first cell, created RNA, DNA, whatever you want to believe. Or if it was an accident that happened. That doesn't matter. That has nothing to do with evolution. Evolution is what happens after that, right? So just keep that in mind. Uh, this is interesting. This has become a science discussion. <laughs> so how, how come that always happens, right? Why does it always happen? Keep keep up being dope, Abdullah. Thank you so much. So yeah, it's Allah interrupting my, my stream. <laughs> <laughs> repent and technical support will come yeah that's funny Kent Hovind in the chat yeah I know hey eh? we're having like anti-evolution uh, conversations now so yeah going back to the topics that we were discussing before we talk about that I'm I do have a personal update as well which I haven't I've been putting off mentioning it but it is something that's important and relates to me and my activism and everything that's happening which is that I am going through a divorce. So the reason I haven't talked about it before is because it's personal, right? It's a very personal thing. It affects the family and it's, you know, no one's business. But but it is at the point now where, you know, it's almost done getting to the point where everything's getting kind of finalized. So 
this is something that I did eventually want to tell people because it's part of what's happening in my life. And, you know, you guys are my fans. You've been following me. Many of you have been donating, giving me super chats and, you know, supporting me on Patreon and all of that. So, you know, this is actually something that I think, you know, I'm, I'm okay to, to tell you guys because it's, it's there, it's out there. People know some people know, I mean, not that many people, but now it's out there. So everyone knows this is what's happening. But the good thing is it's, you know, pretty much almost dealt with. It's these things tend to take a long time. It's it never happens in in one day. Um, it's something that usually it takes it takes a very long time. It's just there's a lot of things to deal with, and so it's a process, right? So it's a process, and yeah, it it does get better. Thank you so much, uh, Ophel. Yeah, this is one of those things that if it, if it was gonna work out, it was gonna work out, but it's just not gonna work out. It's just you know we're very different people, and so it's totally understandable that this happened and you know i accept it so yeah okay so that aside i want to get back to something else give me a second i'm going to load it up so if if i could get a positive profit to come on oh that'd be amazing or someone that actually has you know a different opinion on what i'm saying if someone wants to call in let me let me post the the stream in the chat Okay, so we could actually do some calls, maybe. I'll give it. I'll give it a try. Let's see. Let's see how it is. Let's see how it goes. All right. So, just gonna have some coffee. Am I happy? Yeah, I would say I'm happy. I'm happy in the sense that, yeah, this is a difficult personal trial. I think anyone that goes through a situation like this would know that this is like, it's not easy, but in the long run, it's for the better. So yeah, for sure. Okay. Hey, it's Zagros. How's it going, man? How's it going? Hey, Abdullah. Good. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So what do you have in mind today? Yeah. So my point of disappointment with you was, um, uh, sorry, disagreement. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah, go ahead. That was uh, at the free speech level. Um, like, I know sometimes uh, it doesn't sound very reasonable, but like I'm a free speech absolutist, and I think there should be no uh, limits whatsoever to what a human should be allowed or not to say. And um, because when you want to draw limits, there have to be there has to be some sort of arbiter of truth or arbiter of um, what is dangerous and what is harmful to society and whatnot. So there will be at all times some people who will try and decide on your behalf what you should be allowed to hear or say. So what do you think so far? Uh, well, I would just ask some questions. So I would ask like, um, you know, thinking about is yelling fire in a movie theater would that be like free speech i don't know is that okay like yelling a bomb on an airplane i can think of some scenarios you know calling up a school and saying i don't know if these are exactly free speech issues or not but like i can think of examples where you know the so when we talk about free speech what we're talking about is what is legal right what's legal what's illegal so i agree that there should be probably less or very little legal bans on things that are you know being spoken about because yeah no book d d saying no book banning either right there has to be some sort of but i do think that what about like you know inciting violence or something 
So uh, that's the part where I said uh, it can sound unreasonable because we do have such problems. Some people um, do have, you know, this true hatred and they do want to enact it. They want to, you know, kill people, whatever, commit genocides and whatnot. So, but uh, I think this is some unfortunate truth of uh, our own human nature that we have to um, acknowledge and uh, try not to limit, but uh, instead, um, you know, like instead of drawing a wall in front of a river, you uh, divert it by, you know, uh, still having curves. Like you cannot just put a wall on, in front of something. Um, I guess it's like psychoanalysis 101, whatever you suppress uh, will eventually ultimately come back and bite you back. Um, so I think the goal should be to asymptotically uh, approach an idealistic, uh, you know, future where we have uh, the least amount of laws, uh, because we are like um, very highly alert and um, aware of uh, the causes uh, for which we used to have these laws, um, and understand the reasons how we got over uh, the need to have the laws and uh, why we decided to. Uh, once uh, have those laws. So that's mm. the type of uh, future that I envision. One yep. in which we slowly uh, shed ourselves, uh, shed our laws of uh, any kind of uh, limit on free speech and any kind of laws because we are you know, maximizing our understanding of how a free and um, thriving society should be constructed. Right. So as an ideal state, I would agree with you that that should be the the goal my concern is like if you look at something like this you know the whatsapp whatsapp had to implement limits on forwarding because of the fact that people were killed over this there was a fatal mob attack that happened in the south of india well, actually the first one happened in central african country of gabon i don't even know how to say that well, well, basically, uh, missing peasant and suspect video. I don't know anything about this one, but I do know about the Indian one where basically there was a fatal mob attack, right? So there was some misinformation being spread around about rumors about child kidnapping had been circulating across India for months, right? And then what happened was, you know, this was used by some people to, I mean, you can go into the details, but the point is that sometimes, you know, if you don't have limits, then things like this, you know, can or, or like another okay let's talk about this one first like so technology had to play a role here in making people die because of misinformation so this is an example where you know if someone intentionally lies i don't know if this was an intentional lie or what exactly happened here was it just like you know a a, a tendencies or human tendencies to pass along fake news is, is very high anything sensational we just we just forward it like instantly we don't even check it half the time this is a weakness in a evolution so don't you think that if we allow anything this could be like exploited like just like this example no i totally agree that it can be exploited and uh, we see it being exploited that's when we uh, see for example an increase in frequencies of you know uh, legislations and you know regulations passing to try and you know control the situation because i do totally agree that the, uh, you know with this technology comes great problems and should come also great responsibility to you know make reference to marvel but uh, 
so uh what would you say for example um so if uh we set the precedent and uh start limiting or regulating excessively because we have the good intentions in mind what would happen and what does happen according to what we see uh, when those who claim to have the good intentions uh, can uh, sometimes be delusional in what uh, they think you know is the goal to achieve and how to achieve it and you know they sometimes go too far mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah and i i'm also thinking of like you know some of the in america now the far right is becoming a bigger and bigger problem and you know fbi i don't know if it's fbi cia the intelligence agencies are often spending a lot of energy not looking for Islamist terrorism, but like far-right terrorism. Like, for example, there was a member of parliament um, that was basically some guy wanted to go and kill him in America recently over the gun laws and abortion laws. He actually had like a bunch of guns and things, and he showed up outside the guy's house. And apparently there was some two secret service people there or something. So he changed his mind. And then he like, but he was like, so like online, there are dark centers of society that are online that are like planning these things and like you know basically calling so so again i i would think that this is i i, I have a hard time with absolute being an absolutist of anything because you're always going to have exceptions that that break the rule right you know what i mean yeah and there are those exceptions which like lead to death uh so I, we agree there but uh what i'm saying is that um like trying to control speech is like a temporary uh patch for a symptom like not even the source of uh, what the actual problem is so i think trying to attend too much to the symptoms can often uh, veer us off uh, what the actual source of the problem is and in my opinion the actual source of the problem uh, is not the speech itself leading to like death and whatnot but the uh, precondition or um, the predisposition and the readiness of a certain, you know, significant minority of people uh, to some uh, to potentially becoming violent. The uh, thing so, is, <laughs> it's not always a minority. Like if you look at what Hitler did, he, yeah, yeah, he that's slowly. True. So if you look at the Rohingya, is one example, mm -hmm. and how the Buddhists actually demonized the Rohingya. And they started to uh, say, and they always say the same things. They always say the same things. The stealing of women, the taking of jobs. You know, it's it's always the same talking points about the minority that they feel threatened by. And then they demonize this member, this group, this segment of society to the point where they're no longer seen as human. And that's what Hitler did. He did the exact same thing. He demonized this segment of society to the point where people didn't even think twice about like you know treating them they saw them as worse than filth they saw them as worse than animals i mean the quran does that too right i mean i wouldn't ban the quran but i'm just saying that i have i i that's like some of the issue i have like it's just that you know if if someone is like hate speech is banned right but the question is it's always going to be debated what is hate speech i mean <laughs> you know what i mean like some people think hate speech is saying muhammad made a nine-year-old like sorry 
married a six-year-old that's yeah. hate speech apparently like you know that's that's crazy but yeah like, i mean if you go to in the postmodern direction then you know you can start naming anything uh, as you wish and you can start playing with the words and you know your mind creates the meaning of whatever you're trying to achieve like uh, so I, you know i see your argument and i do actually agree to a certain degree but i also can't help but think of the slippery slopes because when you regulate something you can uh, always extend the logic by which you came to uh, implement that law or that regulation and uh, just implementing a law by itself is setting a precedent which can later be utilized to uh, go further down that slippery slope and i think this is uh, something that we see right now like from the um, far left in the us uh, it's like a you know symptom of that sort of behavior in my view mm-hmm. like i don't want to take too much time yeah thank Maybe, you so much yeah. for the call anyhow t- yeah thanks for listening and I'll think about uh, what you said. Yeah, thanks so much. Have a good yeah, one. Thank Bye. you. All right. So there's two more people in the in the queue. So I will go to someone else. Um, let's take Mohammed first. Mohammed, how's it going? Hey, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Awesome. Well, first of all, I'd just like to say thank you for what you do. Like, oh, we're both Canadians, and I really enjoy that. <clears throat> you have the sense to stand up for what's you know what's sensible and um that's actually meaningful to a lot of us i have uh, always always was uh, interested in your perspective and do you think islam could be reformed are you ex-muslim yourself yeah i'm a complete oh, atheist nice. <laughs> nice nice so can you tell me a little bit more about yourself like did you just recently leave islam or was it no like, so i left like when i finally said not nah, yeah there this doesn't this this is not happening is probably when i was 19 like i'm 24 now so i am yeah it's been it's been a while since i've been an atheist okay so what do you think about the islam being the form you tell me what you think first and i'll tell you what i think i honestly like reading the hadith and like and reading the quran and and then in the tradition i was brought up in like i was originally from Bangladesh. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I, I i came to canada when i was six Mm-hmm. So, so in in that tradition, it's I don't think you could like there there it, it it's quite explicit in what is a good Muslim and what is not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So so what I think is I have a pretty strong view about this. I think that the religion is being reformed every day, and I'll give you some examples of this. Things I've seen so much change between when I left Islam and even now, like just a couple of years. When I was when I was Muslim, there were very few people saying that Aisha was 19. This has become a sort of reform now. People don't necessarily call it reform, and reform is a four-letter word in Muslim community because they're like, well, Islam is perfect. We don't need to reform it. But if you right. look at it, all the way back from the time, like I believe that if, if Muhammad was alive, Prophet Muhammad, so-called Prophet Muhammad was alive today, he wouldn't even recognize what he sees as Islam because over the years, it's become canonized in a certain way. And of course, certain things have become, excuse me, um, like, you know, like the scholars decided that this is the way it should be. And like, for example, praying, praying the Tarawih prayer every day in the mosques, you know, at Muhammad's time, he was praying in his house. People started following him. It's totally different. Like things have changed so much that and they continue to change to the point where 
they're dealing with so much apostasy now. I think that the people are starting to, you have a segment of society, of Muslim society, which is the Islamists and then the hardliners, the Wahhabis, the different types of hardliners, those two. Those people, they don't want to change. They have a vested interest in making Islam be to be exactly as they thought it was, which is what I used to think it was too, which is this kind of the Salafi hardline, you know, 7th century, bring back the 7th century, like almost like ISIS, basically bring back that sort of life, right? And then you have the rest of the Muslim society that I think they're trying to get in line in a sense without calling it that. For example, you know, it's become way more popular now to actually not cite the moon, but calculate the moon sightings. And I, like, I know there's still big fights over this, right? But like more and more people are coming and, and warming up to the idea of like there being like a kind of fixed calendar Islamic calendar that like it's just like okay this is the day the month starts and this is you just look at the calendar and you can, because we know I mean we have so much we have so much certainty about about the the eclipses that we know even when Muhammad saw eclipses we can we can go back like 1400 years it's that accurate uh, science right uh, calculations so why why not just use that but because Muhammad said you have to see the moon so people some, some people are still holding out and being like no you have to see the moon but like the fact that like many scholars are kind of trying to weasel out of Aisha being a child and now, you know, they're kind of like many of the Muslim countries are now raising the minimum age of marriage laws to the detriment of the Islamic scholars that want to keep it down at no at no minimum or have like no rules about this, like no minimum age. I, I see that things I feel like things I personally feel like things are changing. I, and I think that the reform is happening, but they don't want to call it that because then they're admitting there's something wrong with Islam. Right. Right. Um, so, but I guess like that's that's I guess that's what I'm trying to get at. Like, would they would the like the ulama or the scholarship ever, you know, admit to like, no, this was wrong? So I think we're seeing that as well. I think every one of you, almost every single one of you guys, knows about the holes in the Quran. That's gone so viral. So basically, you, I don't know if you're familiar, but basically Sheikh Yasser Qadi, he's a scholar that went, studied in Medina. Uh, I was his biggest fan. I'm still his fan in some ways, kind of funny. But like, he has... That's not admitted, <laughs> He admitted <laughs> openly, right? He admitted openly that there's holes in the Quran preservation narrative and then he had to walk back because he got so much backlash for saying that. Now, the thing is, what he said is, has already been, it's already being said by academics for a long time. Everybody knows this. But he said it as a spokesman of the Muslim community. So that's why there's a problem now. Because if some guy called Martin Van Putin says it on Marin Marin Van Putin, that's how you say his name. You know, this great academic, I actually support him on Patreon. Great academic scholar of the Quran who studied the text. And, you know, he's been saying all this stuff for a long time. In some ways, he actually, he's he's pretty charitable too. He likes to say like, you know, the 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 traditional narrative he, he's pretty charitable okay he's even though he's atheist himself he's pretty charitable he won't come on ex-muslim channel like mine to talk about this he, he's very neutral but he's been saying these things for a long time and even the muslim books like um the you know the the book by is it ibn abu Dawood, the Masa- I, I forget what it's even called but abdul gondal mentioned it in, in the stream i did with him these things are known like some of these issues but like the common public doesn't know it, right? So I do think this is happening, yeah. Right, but do you think, like, I, I guess I'm sure what I'm trying to get at, like, the secularization, like, I'm talking, like, among us Canadians, like, we live in yeah. a very, like, secular, secular and liberal society, but, like, there's even still, like, 
a lot of old school fundamental Muslims that like are quite against. I, it's hard for us to say, you know, that Islam is a religion of peace while still turning around and, you know, supporting gay rights. Like it's, do do you see the, like where you, contradiction where the contradiction is like, it's like I I I do want to say like yeah maybe there is. A bigger reform but to to what i see and like the political like the nature of society right now you see a lot of hardliner like look at turkey like turkey used to be a lot more progressive the hog sophia used to be a museum now it's turned back into a mosque right so you know yeah i, I do have questions yeah. like is, is the reform going the right way <laughs> <laughs> that's true it can go both ways it could be reformed become more like so i think you know again this would be like a gut feeling sort of estimate or like off the cuff estimate i i think overall within, within a net positive situation i do think that whenever situations like this come about and there's more pressure from like the west right or whatever you want to call it, secularism democ democratic values and freedom of all of this stuff there is going to be a backlash and people are going to fight back and and push back and so you get these things where you know the mosque becomes a mosque again and i think on the whole from what i've heard from people that are in the same thing that there's there's so much apostasy happening and at such a such a rate that the level of scrutiny on the religion is is way beyond what it ever was before and you can't put the genie back in the bottle right it's just you can't do that like even you can see from the muslim side now i'm less worried about okay let me just finish my point even you can see from the muslim side there are so many events now targeting atheists slash muslims having doubts not necessarily atheists because honestly like I haven't seen any real content for atheists because they wouldn't work. Like, it's just like, what are they going to tell us? Like, we're just going to be like, yeah, whatever. But like, there's a lot of content for, for Muslims that are doubting and on the way to become atheists. For example, one of my friends invited me to, again, Yasir Qadi's event called No Doubt. This is after I already left Islam. And I was like, what am I going to do going to this event? I'm going to be asking, like, every five minutes, I'm going to put my hand up and be like, uh, I have a question. They're going to think of me as some troublemaker. I'm like, you know, if you want to talk to Yasir Qadi, if you want me to talk to him, Get me on one-on-one because I'm way beyond this like presentation that he's doing. It's like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like he's gonna be like, yeah, the Quran. Like it's gonna be stupid things. Like they don't even talk about the real issues half the time, right? They they straw man, they come up with something else, and then they, that's what they present. Like you know, as the the real issues, they don't even want to talk about those. So, um, I do think that. So that's 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 for sure like a big sign that the Muslim community is actually, you know, kind of worried about this. What I was going to say was I'm more worried about UK than Canada. But although even in Canada, even in Toronto, there's a mosque known as Al-Huda Institute that I used to attend that is run by a Dr. Farhat Hashmi, who, who is this like hardcore Salafi Niqabi woman. And because of her, many Muslims have become way more religious to the point of wearing like face coverings and stuff like that like now do you think it's a lot harder to com combat her ideology and her her version her teachings because she's a woman i think i think that the salafism is actually one of the easiest ideologies to destroy because it's it's fragile it's so like yeah but like you, let's, let's, let's 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 look at it from uh, um an average Canadian. We're, we're both colored folks. <laughs> but like, okay, I'm just, I'm just being honest here, but like to someone that's not educated about, you know, the different, um, you know, schools of Islam and different thoughts of, of it. Like, 
you know, there's always a message that, you know, all Muslims are together. Islam is, you know, one united message, right? How, what happens when, you know, uh, you have a politician saying that, trying to back for Muslim votes, and at the same time, you have a society that's, you know, that's secular and that's pluralistic. So I'm going to, I'm going to uh, rope in Unitarian here. He's been, wait, uh, he or she has been waiting for a while. Hey. So, hey, how's it going? Hey. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Good, good, good. Sorry for taking you, up so much I'm time. Gonna, I'm going to no, share no. my screen. I'm going to share yeah. my screen. Can you introduce yourself first? Yeah. And, I'm uh, Unitarian. <laughs> I can't remember yeah, okay. my full name. Yeah. So I'm going from India. So okay. I, I stayed in the West for like five years, Europe and yep. US. Now I'm currently in India looking forward to go again. So, and what do you want to share with us on your screen? What do you want to show? They're hadiths. Hadiths. Hadith. Okay. Yeah, I want your opinion on those actually. Yeah. Okay, sure. So, and Muhammad, no, you're not taking too much time. This is actually interesting. There's no other callers yet, anyways. So, uh, feel free. He, uh, you and Taylor wanted to jump in the conversation, so maybe we can rope him in. So, uh, while he's finding his screen, okay, I, I'll, do you... I'll do one thing. I'll do one thing. I'll I'll post the hadith here. I think I cannot share. I don't know technical reason. I'll I'll okay. post the three links here. Mm -hmm. uh, you can share. Maybe we can discuss on it. Okay, before we jump to that that topic, I just want to finish the question that Muhammad had. Muhammad, what was the question yeah. exactly? Oh, he, he left. No. <laughs> okay, maybe he had to go. That's fine. Okay, let me share the screen then. Yeah. So there are three pages. It, oh, it yeah. would be better if you open it side by side. Yeah. Uh, side by side? Okay. Oh, okay. Making, uh, making me work here. Okay. <laughs> One, two. Okay. Okay, these are interesting hadith. Oh, Muhammad's back. Okay, Muhammad. I was just going to say, Muhammad, uh, I didn't answer. So just sorry. I had, had a text come in. Oh, no worries. No worries. You understand your, your text messages are more important than uh, your family. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, no. <laughs> I just want to finish a question before we jump on the hadith that he wants to share. What was your question exactly? If you can just quickly summarize it. Yeah. So, like, like when you have a political view of, you know, let's say that, you know, you... You're a lot more liberal. You're you're a lot more passive. You're, you know, you're not. If you, if you take someone from the left per se, and or just anybody that's just a, just just an average person, and you know, you try to change their mind about how Islam should be viewed in the in the politics, because uh, let's be honest, because Islam is also a political system too. So how how do we separate those things? You know, how mm. how do we you know push for for Islam to be compatible in a secular society. I, I think uh, certain parts of the Muslim community are doing this already. For example, Hamza Yusuf. Now, again, the Salafis and the Islamists, they have a vested interest and in, they're not going to promote Islam as compatible with democracy. But even when I was Muslim, I remember hearing Hamza Yusuf say Islam is compatible with democracy. I was like, but the other side would say he's like a kafir for saying that. <laughs> so, right. And the other side has, you know, they have text in the Quran to back their point, right? Beware of those that call themselves reformists. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let me let me share the screen now. Hold on. Uh, okay, okay, hold on. How do I? Okay, actually, this is a cool, cool layout. Okay, so you wanted them side by side, you said? Okay, let's just go yeah, to I mean, you can open one tab after the other. That's fine. Islam began as something strange. Okay, and we'll go back to being strange. So give glad tidings to a stranger. The okay. sharing has stopped. Yeah, I'm trying to put side by side for you. <laughs> Hold on. Okay. Oh no, I can't do it very really easily. So let's just do let's just do all at once. Sorry, one second. Ah, 
this is difficult. Okay. Oh, there we go. Those Fixed are some it. very, very interesting hadiths. Yeah, very yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. One second. Okay, let's try this again. Okay. So, no, side by side didn't work very easily. So, let's just go one at a time. Islam began as something strange and go back to something strange, blah, blah. Okay. Uh, yeah, this is a popular one. This is the Guraba. There's even the sheets on this Guraba, right? I guess everyone knows that. Sahih Muslim, uh, Islam began as something strange and it would revert to its old position of being strange. Okay. And it would recede between the two mosques just as a serpent calls back into its hole. Okay. And the last one, really the fate would recede to Medina just as a serpent crawls back into its hole. Okay. What would you like to say about these? These are Sahih Hadiths. Okay, they are Sahih and they are from the acceptable books. Sahih Sitta, I think so. So if Islam is true and the Muslims claim that their faith is expanding or it's increasing day by day, they are wrong. According to their own books, according to their own Sahih Hadiths, it should recede. So most of them are false Muslims. You see? You see well, hold so, on. Hold on. They would say, no, that's, that's, that's too reductionist what you just said. How do you know when this is going to happen? That's what they would say. They would say, well, it didn't happen yet. So they will say, they'll basically set up an unfalsifiable position. What you're trying to do is you're trying to poke holes in it, which is what a logical person would do. But they would say, no, 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 you can't do that <laughs> because this might happen next year. Might happen the year after that. Might happen before the day of judgment, right? Like, you know, how do you catch Muslims in 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 contradiction like when they, they're willing to it move the goalposts? It is a duty. It is... Yeah, it is the duty of the Mahdi to establish the religion on, on the earth, right? Yeah. Entire earth. So these two contradict each other. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I understand you what your point of view is, but I, I do think that unless there was a specific date given, then you can't really use this to debunk Islam. It's just like... But yeah, I agree that the strangers thing is something that the hardliners always use as a way of like saying that Islam doesn't need to reform. Why should it reform? It's, it's always been different. It's always been weird, right? So, so like yeah. we were just so just to conclude, do you think it is reforming? But I guess better question would be: Is it reforming for the better or for worse for society? I would say it's getting better. That's my that's my take. I think so. I mean, again, they are hardliners, and I think that's a natural reaction, right? Like the antibody. I don't even want to call it antibody, but like. You have this like spread of secularism, democracy, and all of these things, liberalism, doubt, skepticism. And so there's going to be a reaction. There's going to be some hardliners that come and they fight back. And so there's just going to become more and more insulated, right? So um, let's see what, let's see what I, Daisy Neo has to say before you, before you spawn. Friendly ex-Muslim, Islam can spread all over the world and then recede into something strange. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. See, you can't win. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Uh, uh, Whoever wants to go ahead, just go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh, yes. yes, I was uh, gonna say like those hardliners have a lot of money, right? They we're talking about Saudi Arabia. We're talking about you know a lot of a lot of resources that are being pumped into nations like Bangladesh and Pakistan that don't have that type of wealth, and you know, and that don't yeah. have that type of you know kind of independence if you were to. So like most people conform to you know to 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 the faith. I have, a, I have a thought about that, but I want to just add Daisy Neo. Daisy Neo, how's it going, brother? 
How's everything going? It's it's going good. It's going good. I was gonna say I'm I'm gonna respond to Muhammad and then you can talk. Muhammad, uh, I think that Saudi is changing its priorities. And if you look at what the Saudi um Muhammad bin Salman, who I don't like him. Let's be clear. He's he's yeah, he's you know, not too good. He's he's not he's a good act, guy. He's the saw bone saw guy, right? So he's yeah, a bone he's saw guy. You should never forget that. But like things are opening up in Saudi. People are having dance parties for the first time. They're allowing things that they never allowed before. And even he came on TV. I was I was thinking about doing a response to this, but I never got a chance. Where he had this big interview, and in the interview, he was saying, again, back to your question of reform. He didn't say it's reform, but he said we are going to throw out any hadith that we're not hundred percent sure about. And how do we do that? Well, <laughs> Why just <is> hadith? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Sorry, sorry. I was just laughing at just hadith, right? You know, that yeah, that, that said, has leeway. But you yeah, can't you yeah. can't do that with the Quran. Yeah, so he said we're going to throw out any hadith that's ahad, meaning any hadith that's not mutawatir, meaning multiply narrative. But the funny thing is, there's only like the, the vast majority of hadith are not mutawatir. So you basically he's given them he's he's set up an allowance to throw out most of them right and to or to pick and choose the ones they want. So like you know he doesn't care about Islam. Everybody everybody knows that right. But now he's actually changing the laws to allow for things you know women can drive and people can now have dance parties. Although people are still scared, I think of you know some of this stuff. They're not sure how the government is going to react. But like I think things are changing. And uh, Daisy Neo, you wanna you wanna say anything about that? Yeah, what I was saying is uh, this whole Hadith situation, I mean, it is kind of strange that uh, since you're not from Pakistan, I'm from Pakistan, it's more, it's a situation where the people who are Muslim now were converted by these Arabs are more Muslim. They are more like gung-ho about the Hadith <laughs> than the actual Arabs are. The Arabs are like, yeah, Hadith, Shadith, whatever. Just get rid of the uh, non, uh, like the Ahad Hadith. Yeah, we don't care about them. Just, and the guys who were converted like th hundreds of years later, they're like, no, what are you doing? You left they us hanging. More, they become more Christian than the Pope, so to speak, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, Muhammad, so, you want to, uh, Unitarian, go ahead. If you want to yeah. say anything. So, uh, com coming to political solution, like, uh, I I think most of us are atheists or agnostics here, right? Yeah, so as a political friend, do you think, like, communist parties may be the face of atheist people when coming into politics, you know, when they foray into politics? Or do you think there are any other parties which accept atheists? I don't uh, think so. Contest, I, I, you know, I, I, get elected, something like that. I think it's just it's just out of coincidence that it just happens to be you know an atheist doctrine within uh, well not an atheist doc do doctrine but atheism is present within the communist society. I, I I think it's just I think we have come to a point of time where like democ we know democracy works. You're just gonna have and and most and most systems of governments are secular, or at least ones that are successful, anyways. Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, whenever I say atheist or agnostic, they, they they immediately like link me to communism, communist party. Do you think that's I, fair? Yeah, no, that's short-sighted. Yeah, I think there's um. You said Bangladesh, so I know a lot of Bangladeshi atheists are communists, and I know that this this is how it evolved over there, right? A lot of them ended up being ex-Muslims because of communism. My experience here in Canada is. 
I don't like communism. I'm straight up going to say I do not like communism. I think communism is a trash ideology. It's failed humanity over and over again. Every time someone tried it, it caused massive suffering in the world. It's just it's just terrible and it's not, you know, I you know, I'm I'm a humanist. I'm not at all in a fan of communism. I don't like communism at all. So, I think in the west there's this this different sort of evolution where I don't like I don't know any communist ex-Muslims really. Like I I know actually I know one of I know two. I know two. But other than that the vast majority of ex-Muslims here are very humanistic, right? They're coming at it from humanism. Whereas I think in other parts of the world maybe maybe it evolved differently. So maybe a libertarian party can can take us in, you know, as as a force, you know. Sorry? As an alternative to far right or far left libertarian parties. Not I, liberal. I don't like. I don't like the libertarian. <laughs> this is becoming a political discussion. Really? <laughs> yeah, oh, I don't really? like libertarianism oh, because I I feel like there has to be some limits on on like that. We do need limits. For example, you know, many of the protections, consumer protections that we have in society, have come from government. For example, the cell phone companies used to rip us off like crazy in Canada. People had like nine hundred dollar bills because they they didn't even know the data was on and they kept using and using and using and they end up with like a thousand dollar bill. Now they put a limit. They 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 force the company to 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 put a limit and and to give you a warning. Uh, cell phone plans a maximum two years now. So before you had to sign a three year contract. Now it's only a two year contract you can sign. Um, for example, on the credit card bills, it tells you if you only pay the minimum payment, you will be paying this for forty six years. Many people don't realize that the if they just pay the minimum payment, they're never ever going to pay it off because the minimum payment is so little and it's so exploitative that unless you like literally have no choice but to pay the minimum you're you're never going to pay it off you're just going to pay interest the rest of your life so i don't believe in libertarianism because i think that if you just give all the power to the companies then again you're going to have another other set of problems there has to be some government controls again this is why absolute any sort of absolutist position to me is always going to be problematic and someone asked about socialism in the um, in in the comments and again exactly like there has to be some socialism some capitalism i don't think any any pure system would ever work it's just not possible you're going to have to compromise on some things and you're going to have to adjust it for the needs of the people and the, the exact situation at hand right and it's always going to be a flawed process and we're always going to be struggling to to figure it out we're never going to have the perfect system there is no perfect system right hmm so this is my last question um regarding belief in god and atheism so if we separate god from religion and we just say we believe in god then that would solve 50% of the confusion of religious people right so they they immediately when we say we don't believe in religion they think we are hedonistic so but then when we say we believe in god but not religion then they okay they they they'll become warmer you know they'll come closer and they're willing to discuss so do you think we need to go through that approach instead of straightforward saying we don't believe in god and is there a re- is there a need for new religion you know based on humanitarian values someone else want to go first anyone I, else want to i'll be honest with you i don't think so i don't i don't think we would have to go through the you know jump over the god or go through that god loophole like you know that 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 i might believe in god yeah like you could probably make an argument for a deist god that we don't know of and we but we might never know of right just might just be out outside of our understanding. I think David Attenborough made a very wonderful uh, point, like how uh, termites can't see us. They don't know we're there, but we're there nonetheless, right? They don't have the they don't have the uh, what you call it, the bio the biological makeup to sense sense us there. They don't have that sensory organ. 
So yeah, you could make the you could make the claim for DS God, but I don't think it's it's necessary to say that we we should have uh, you know that we have to abide by you know to, just to be kind. I don't think we have to be kind. I think we could be straight up in our atheism, just tell people no, we don't believe. I, would I mean, not at least God. It's I would respond yeah. to that as saying that Unitarian, you that's like kind of wishful thinking. The reason is because even if you agree with the theist, like, okay, fine, there's a God. Let's assume, taking your approach, okay, fine, you tell the okay. Muslim guy, okay, there's a God. All right, I believe it. Then the question is, which God? My God is better than that God. And then the Hindu is like, oh, my hundred gods are better than this guy's God. And then Christian is like, you got, all guys are wrong. My God died for my sin. So even if you say, yes, you believe in God, it just kicks the can down the road to the next problem where now you're fighting about which God. So that doesn't really solve the problem. But I am going to make this fun because I'm going to put uh, <laughs> our friendly atheist over here in the hot seat because I'm going to ask him a couple of tough questions. But yeah, uh, once go we're ahead. done, then I'm going to ask you questions. Okay, sure. Go ahead. Ready? Okay, yeah, so by the way, that, I'm not, hold on, I'm not friendly. Friendly atheist is someone friendly else. Friendly ex-Muslim, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I there's was going to say, atheist, there's friendly ex-Muslim, there's friendly Christian, there's, everyone has some friendly, it there's seems some like. Friendly stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I should pick right. a better brand. Anyways, go ahead. No, no, that's right. There's a friendly atheist also there, very famous, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, so I'll just say Abdullah Samir. Samir. So you're saying you're a, a kind of atheist, but at the same time, you're a humanist, right? Yeah. How do you justify being a humanist and being an atheist at the same time? Like humanist, if you're an atheist, right, in your opinion, you're an animal. You're just an animal, just like every other animal, right? So you have rights. Animals should have rights too. How come in your worldview, animals don't have rights, but you do have rights? What makes you as an animal such a special person so you can call yourself humanist? Why? What's so special about humans? I think um, I think humanists tend to also be environmentalists, animal rights activists, and they—it's not only humans that count, but it's the sentience, it's the, yeah, the well-being of all sentient creatures. See, you can't run away from the word. The word is humanist. So now you're you're classifying yourself that you prefer humans, right? Yeah. You're so all for the yeah. Humans. So yeah. So I'll get to that. So I do I do think that most humanists do try to in, include the well-being of all sentient creatures in the you know calculation of like what is right and wrong so for sure humans are put at the top and that's yeah, a species like humans at the top yeah that's, that's so species to the atheistic worldview humans shouldn't be at the top they are not on the top of the pyramid of animals they're just one of the animals they're not on the top so why yeah, do you so it is at the top? it is maybe a selfish or subjective way of looking at it but like realistically speaking, if I have a choice between saving my son or daughter and a cat, like I don't give a shit about the cat. Why? <laughs> bye bye. Why? Cat, right? What did the cat do? Yeah, but that <laughs> contradicts the, the whole idea of atheism. Atheism is Sorry? you're in atheos atheistic philosophy. You're just an animal, just like the cat. So the no, I think I think I, term, I, no I just want to interject real quick. I think I think you're getting atheism confused. Atheism is the non-belief. That's all that is. Okay, not atheism, but in the sense like if there is no God, right? There is no purpose. Okay, yeah, that's purpose. atheism. There is no God. That's okay, so, non-belief so in there God. Is no God. It's, it's no theism. No okay, so, so that, there is that, no God. That's, that's all that is. Okay, 
so I agree. I, I can I'm give not, this answer. I can give this answer. If he's yeah, an atheist, I can give right? this answer As from Ayn Rand's book. He believes he's an animal just like any other animal. So he shouldn't have any special. How how do you come to that conclusion that he's an atheist and he believes he's an animal? Atheist well, is someone that doesn't believe in theism. No, no, I'm that's saying it. that's all you could uh, well, deduce from that. Let me ask him. Let, let him say. Do you believe you're an animal? Yes. Okay, that's it. <laughs> Thank you very much, <laughs> Muhammad. You're not. You don't need to defend him. He can defend himself right here. I uh, know. I'm just saying your your question doesn't make any sense. All right, so yeah. So okay. So my answer. Either. My answer is it's subjective and I'm selfishly putting humans at the top because I'm a human. So I'm allowed to make that selfish decision wow. because the thing is at the end of the day, at the end of the day, there is going to be some subjectivity and you have to make some sort of calculation, moral calculation. One of the things that one of the reasons, I guess you could say why humans are at the, at the top of it is because we have, you know, a more developed nervous system and you know we can feel pain and, and so do other animals as well we don't know exactly to what extent the consciousness and the experiences are but we can tell that you know when a dog cries we we feel empathy for the dog or the cat or whatever so we do try to take care of their well-being as well which is why i do believe that you know some people say maybe even humanism is the wrong word i know that um you know cosmic skeptic was having a discussion alex o'connor was having a discussion with rationality rules and they were discussing should we call ourselves humanists if we're also vegans and we also care about you know we care about the well-being of all sentient creatures so maybe humanism is the wrong word so i guess it it depends on how you want to put it like i'm personally i eat meat right so i'm actually causing you know i'm responsible for the suffering of some conscious creatures and i acknowledge that and i i don't say it's right but i do do it however again like What's what would be the difference between me and like some alien that comes and captures us and eats us and you know uses us as like food or something as like so farm animals? The so difference would be that you know if we did that to like a completely sentient creature, that would be, in my opinion, immoral. But this there's some there's some judgment calls that has to be made. Like it's okay, not like so there's no black subjective. and white answer, right? So Abdullah, if it is subjective, let me flip it on around on this whole scenario back. If it's just subjective because you're subjectively choosing humans over other animals, mm -hmm. so what about a Muslim who's subjectively choosing Muslims over other people? They, he prefers <laughs> Muslims over other humans. Uh, other I'll people. be back in a second. I'll be back in a second. You... By the way, uh, just to let you guys know, Desi Neo is my friend, and we've met in real life, so he's not... <laughs> he's just I'm not a troll. <laughs> he's not a troll, yeah. So you guys keep discussing. I'll be back. I just need to get some water. Okay. You you dried out my mouth, man. How, how dare you? <laughs> I told you I'll put you in the hot seat today. <laughs> so I, I'm gonna explain this through Ayn Rand's uh, philosophy. So uh, she said that okay, uh, your dog is drowning and there is some stranger drowning. So who do you prioritize? Your dog, which which grew up with you, which which I mean, the dog which you took care of. She said she would save the dog. The same thing with me. But if it was my daughter or son and the dog, then that's a different thing. So I think it changes with every situation. So it's not about humans or animals. It's more about the connection you have with that particular organism. Okay, so let me ask you a question then. Let me flip that around. If two men, two, if two men are drowning, one is a Muslim and one is a Hindu, and the person who wants to save, who should the, the person who's Muslim save? One is a Hindu drowning, one is a Muslim drowning. Who should he save? Did, I mean, does he have any connection? He has no like, choice. He, cannot, he, he only has one life raft. Uh, I mean, one floating thing, and he can only throw it to one person. So he he's a Muslim. And there's, yeah. I guess, there's I like. Muslim like, drowning, and there's a Hindu drowning. Who should he save? 
like first of all you would have to first of all you would have to be able to distinguish between Hindu and Muslim in a fucking drowning situation. Yeah, he, he, Sorry. Yeah, but I'm just, it's just, it's just a little that. ridiculous. It is a thought experiment, but like, I, I, think, I think we can have better thought experiments. I can answer that. I can answer that. So yeah. the I don't think, I don't think it's reasonable to say that, you know, with it, you know, that you're going to have to, you know, to like, this is like back to the trolley problem, right? Like if there's, if you could, what's the, if you could save one person or 5%, five people like what would you do right but like there's also an option that people don't talk about like if you don't pull the lever that's not never your responsibility like nothing ever changed you were just, you just sat you just stood right next to it so you, yeah, you can't you, 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 you're not responsible for anything yeah but that's selfish then you're just being selfish for yourself you're not caring about the the well-being of anybody else uh, only yourself you? that you don't want to take responsibility for your actions can you say shahada before i tell you the life preserver but i'm saying that is an option you could be selfish people people are selfish all the time like there there, there yeah. is like you like there there's there, one more people do i think we can view do, it in another way we, we can view it the other way so if he has to say one what, why does it matter if it's hindu or muslim you see he has to say one right? point about it because he is muslim he has a religious bond with this person who's a muslim who's drowning he doesn't have a religious bond with the hindu so who would yeah. he prefer to save that's what i'm so, saying so so if it's saying what's right it's and logical. wrong obviously go ahead you want to talk go ahead yeah i mean logically speaking he would have to rescue the muslim because he will make a bond the community bond on those things right so logically speaking he will save the muslim but when you look at it from the top from the third angle it's it's the same thing whether it's hindu or muslims they're human beings like saving saving one is is okay like you said only one can be saved so why does it matter if it's hindu or muslim even if he chooses muslim it doesn't matter you see he he cho he chose one human life he rescued one human life if there are three and if he rescues two muslims then that will be a problem if there are mm -hmm. three two but muslims problem, and one hindu that will be a but problem the problem happens based on theology now if he saved the hindu instead of the muslim based on his theology, you know, according to Islam, he should prefer the Muslims over any non-Muslim. Yeah, the Muslim is going to go to Jannah. Can we flip a coin? The yeah. Hindu like, do we yeah, have to Hindus decide? Yeah, hold on, hold on. So he should save the Hindu because the Hindu hasn't converted yet, but the Muslim is going to die and go to Jannah. So problem solved. Oh, I yeah, never thought that's about a it good like that. <laughs> yeah, nobody knows who can go to Jannah because Allah said that the only person who decides who goes to Jannah and Hena is Allah. So you could be the best guy out there. You could end up in that's hell true. and you'll be like, what the hell just happened? Yeah, but we, we would assume, we could assume that it would be the, you know, the way I said it. Yeah, because I, you I, just, I completely uh, the agree with Shahada, you. Right? I, think, I, think, I think you're right. Wait, wait, wait. Shouldn't a good Muslim say, Save the other guy. Okay, so this is what will happen. The Muslim should drown himself trying to save the other two guys because he's a good Muslim and he's going to die for the sake of Allah. So <laughs> yeah. this is the best solution. Well, he he sacrificed himself. himself no, I, I, like, I like the first solution. Save, save, save the Hindu and just make sure he converts. The first guy has got to go to Jannah anyways. <laughs> yeah, it's written, isn't it written in the Quran? Solution. Like if you die, die like a horrific death, you're going to go to heaven. Yeah, if you drown, you're a Shaheed. That's a Hadith, yeah. Yeah. Okay, but so uh, I wanna give... who was asking the question? Uh, who was giving the thought experiments? Daisy Neal was giving a thought experiment. You wanted to say something, Zagros? 
Yeah. So taxonomically speaking, uh, we will have you know a differential preference as to who we will save and what we will save. If the option you know is a cat or another human, because taxonomically speaking, we are of the same species with that other human, we will have That's a true. preference to save that uh, being first. But then, if you go and uh, give an option where the you know the two beings that are to save are from the same species as you then that's a different um topic because then um no. you get a, no. a differential no. preference there, uh, there with I, will, I will save my cat i will save i will species. save my cat and not the human i will save my cat which i which i fed and which i took care of and you know honestly i would save my cat too not gonna lie yeah, i would save my cat this is the difference between dog and cat people i know my dog can swim so i can save the other guy <laughs> no the, the no we we'll no, assume the joking, cat cannot swim Okay, hold on. I want to add to what Zaglas said. So actually, Zaglas made a really good point, the, the taxonomy thing, where he said that you would most likely to save a human because human actually, but if you extend that, why would you save the human over the dog or a cat? If you think about it, it's because we have more genes in common. This goes back to the selfish gene because the selfish gene would, would actually tell you, and Dawkins mentioned this in his book, it sounds funny. But like you will be this much more likely to save your son or daughter. You'll be this much less likely to save your cousin, this much less likely to save your second cousin, because we have this evolutionary drive to protect our own genes. And your your child is basically 50% of your genes. The as close as you can get to, I mean, that's why we we are where we are today. So yeah, I would say it's just an extension of the selfish gene. So if if a cat second is drowning and a dog is drowning, who do you save? By the way, none of this is none of this is morality. We're just talking about like instinct or, or like basically tendencies here. We're not talking about what's right yeah, and wrong. Tendencies. If you want to know what's right and yeah. wrong, then obviously this is you know the reason these thought experiments are difficult is because um, they're difficult, right? Also, uh, the scenario the, uh, when it comes to same species, like you gave the thought experiment, you know, with the Hindu and the Muslim. Uh, there is an evolutionary basis for the differential preference uh, in that uh, situation too. Uh, you are more likely to save someone who looks more like you. Uh, so, for example, there is an evolutionary, there is a biological basis for both xenophobia and racism and, you know, all of these things which fall under the umbrella of um, uh, what Good you might point. call it. Uh, no, no, no. Um, under um, prejudice. Yeah. Mm, there's evolutionary yeah. reasons why we're prejudiced, why we prefer a tribe, why we, yep. we distrust other people, and why racism exists. That's a good point. That's true. Yeah. That's this is all hardwired. Yeah, it's all in some about sense. kin selection. They call you it. know. Interestingly enough, there even seems to be a, con a biological uh, evolutionary basis uh, for uh, right and left wing tendencies, uh, political tendencies in human. Uh, mm -hmm. You know uh, the. Uh, get into the epidemiology and uh, the past uh, interactions of uh, a particular population uh, with diseases and you know some other pathogens uh, and the uh, frequency at which they have encountered these pathogens uh, you know give uh, to a high correlation uh, predictions as to what the political tendencies of that uh, particular population will be. So, you know, uh, if you study and, you know, read about evolution and biology long enough, you will see eventually that, you know, it really fits, fits the 
picture neatly and you can really make sense of all our you know tendencies and our instincts and whatnot so in that case what do you think about epigenetics like you know i don't know but but well, what, maybe, about epi what do you mean epigenetics yeah. i think the term i'm using is wrong i am not epigenetic uh, are you talking about like selecting based on health? No, and, no, like, based on the, the the race theory, uh, yeah, yeah, critical yeah, yeah, race yeah. theory about like okay, certain certain people are less evolved than the other people and all that yeah, stuff. that wouldn't uh, that wouldn't obviously we wouldn't want to do that. I mean, that's in a in a sense that would be. I mean, not in a sense that I was gonna say in a sense we're doing that already because we always we're always choosing the partner that has the most strongest sexual signals that to us you know they look like a good partner that's why we chose them so that's what's happening but but in terms of like you know getting rid of like disabled people and you know you're talking about what hitler did basically right yeah. getting rid of all of the yeah yeah obviously that's that, totally wrong he right use those studies to justify what he was doing yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i would no, slightly the different disagree things, the studies can be the studies can be true but the actions he did might be wrong the studies can be for example the sentinelese right they are not evolved like us. They are still living tribal. They don't know how to make start a fire. So I think races exist and differences exist. I, I mean, based on environmental societies, of course. Yeah, that's it. Eugenics. I, I said the wrong word. <laughs> yeah. uh, Desinu, I would slightly disagree, though. Like, I don't think I would you can you know, base a, a genocide, you know, on evolution and whatnot. Uh, and I don't like those arguments because um like there is nothing in evolution that says that you know uh in our species of homo sapiens sapiens that we should exterminate uh you know those which we deem to be inferior inferior or those who are you know disabled uh, exactly. there is actually also an evolutionary basis for altruism whether you look at it for a purely uh, selfish perspective or an actual uh definitionally altruistic per perspective if it did not yield uh, average and you know overall benefit to the entire population uh, the, it would not have been selected for and i think we can see across populations that uh, this uh, tendency for altruism is has been selected for uh, yeah. it's demonstrable i and want to say can, one more thing about yeah. this uh, the funny thing is you know despite what they tried to do it didn't work it just didn't like the 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 offspring that they came up like you can't really it's not i don't think we have a good enough understanding anyways of genetics to be able to do this and we're going to get to the point now where never mind eugenics we're going to have like gene editing so that's like next level i mean just think about how religious what what does religion have to say about any of this stuff we're going so far past i mean if you look at cryptocurrency if you look at you know ai if you look at what we're talking about now not just eugenics but like gene editing we are so far past religious morality that like we're like light years past it and religious morality is still like should i cite the moon or not cite <laughs> the moon it's like uh hello like uh does you know does a drop of urine break my wudu i fired it like it's so stupid like we're, just you know, just on that line of thinking just on that line of thinking uh uh, what was his name? Uh, the astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson. He he had a no, he had a lecture. Yeah, he had he had a lecture on this about how uh, there there's only one award in um, the Nobel. There's only one Nobel laureate in the sciences from the Muslim community, or like so that like like you know that that goes to show like you know is you know has this type of dogmatic thinking really 
you know, slowed down progress in these countries. Yeah, so I want to, yeah. uh, <laughs> this comment's funny, three or five or seven stones when I wipe my butt. And by the way, thank you to Gay the Pray Away. That's a that's an awesome tagline, Gay the Pray Away. <laughs> thank you for the super chat. Um, what I was going to say was, um, I'm tired. Sorry, what was it? What, what did you just say? Muhammad? No, I was just saying, like, you could you could see the the type of thinking, uh, you know, the, between the religious and the non-religious. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, about Neil deGrasse Tyson. deGrasse okay, Tyson yeah, yeah, and right, about right. the science wards that are yeah, 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 disputed. Yeah. So what I was going to say about that was that I, I do think that Neil deGrasse Tyson was a little bit unfair in picking on Nobel laureates because, to be totally honest, there is there could be some biases in the selection process. There could be some favoritism. I know that. I mean, this is a totally different topic. But like you know, when we're talking about the, you know, the yeah, the I, Nobel, I I I understand movie, your point. But just to defend yeah. his point, yeah, he he does bring up the point that you know that the Jews win a quarter of the Nobel uh, prizes in science. You know, and and they're a much smaller uh, population. And then the Muslim community. So, and like also to his point too, like Muslim Muslim community came up with algebra and came up with crank shaft, and you know that Islam at one point was a very forward and pro, you know a. Uh, I'm not a big fan of that of argument, Persians, Unitarian. Only because, because of Persians, only Farsi, I, I, Farsi people. I have a contention with Unitarian's argument. Uh, okay. When you say Islam was, uh, you know, on the forefront. It wasn't really Islam, though. It was people who were Muslims who were in an Islamic yeah, well, community yeah, I guess I'm who were I'm, making I'm those advancements. Broad, too much broad I mean, of a brush. Because I don't see any parallels from which uh, you can um, that you can draw from the Quran and build upon or invent some type of uh, okay. science or mm -hmm. mathematical you I know, proofs. Jump in. Yeah, I just want to jump in. I do agree with that. I don't think Muhammad meant it that way. Not not you intending. It was Muhammad actually. Oh, um, sorry. I do want to say that your your point is very. You have a very valid, strong point. So is Neil deGrasse Tyson. I just think the Nobel example is a long example. But the point is, yes, for sure, the religious dogma has held it back, and you know. Secularism allows for these things to grow and for science to thrive because when you have dogma, it comes and it blocks you know religion and even in the U.S. in America. You've had, right. you know, major, you know, uh, Sam Harris wrote in his book examples of how Christianity has has actually blocked scientific progress even in America. So this oh, yeah. is a big, big issue. I want to I want to just highlight one comment, and then you guys can talk. Uh, well, this is a dude awesome mustache. <laughs> I agree, you do have awesome mustache. Uh, and one more thing, I don't like. So Marian Gran Bruhim said the Abduls eradicated the thinkers from the gene pool, so no Nobel prizes for them. I mean, while there is a point there that, you know, the persecution of scientists and free thinkers, I don't really like the, the Abduls. I find it derogatory almost. It's almost like dehumanizing, you know, the Abduls, kind of like, I, just to be... The Abduls, like what the hell? That's, <laughs> like I, you that's know, just a dumb way to Prince, put it. Christian Prince always uh, calls people Abdul Abdul, so I don't. I think that's where it's coming from. But I just I don't like that sort of terminology. I don't like when people mm -hmm. call me Abdul either because I find it dehumanizing. I don't. I don't feel like it's a respectful way to. You know, you can just say Muslims, right? Unless you're trying to get around social media blocks or something, and you come up with another term for it. Because Muslims is like protected category now, right? So I understand that. Um, okay, so 
anyways, yeah, go ahead. Whoever wants to talk, one person at a time, please. I wanted please. to throw a new topic in there if, once you're done. Already? Already? We're not even done this one yet. Yeah, okay, hold yeah, on, do hold it because I got the juicy one. So. <laughs> okay, no, but don't don't get me banned on YouTube, please. Please, 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 please. Sir. I worked really hard to get here. Don't don't say anything bad. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Whoever wants to talk, other than Daisy Neil. Uh, do you mind if we do like a 180 and go like okay, far so, back? Okay, so to... we're done with this topic then? Okay, so we're done with this topic. Okay, go ahead then. Whoever wants to go next topic. Uh, can I jump in? Anyone? Yeah, go ahead. Sure. Anyone else? All right. Uh, with regards to the Indian politician woman, uh, I think her name was Nupur, uh, Nupur, Nupur, Sharma. Uh, Nupur Sharma. Yeah. So first, I want to try and make sure that I actually understood your argument. Um, so you're saying that, yes, she does have the right, or at least she should have the right to uh, say what she said. But uh, I think you're saying that it's not the the wisest way. I think the word mm -hmm. you used, uh, yeah, it's not the wise or right. like yep. the best way to, you know, help the cause, whatever the cause may be. So, yeah, there's no cause for her. She just she just got mad yeah. at what the guy was saying. <laughs> said about something bad, just as equally bad or worse. That's what she was trying to do anyways. So, yeah, I do agree. Some people sometimes, you know, say certain things just to hurt others. I have certainly done that in the past. Um, what would you say about this side of the, like, some people's arguments? That uh, regardless of the repercussions, like, yes, it is stirring, um, you know, stirring up the pot, you know, people are being railed up and, you know, lots of people are out in the streets. But um, isn't it also a good step uh, in normalizing, um, ridiculing the ridiculing of Islam and whatever other religions or ideologies there may be? Like, shouldn't we be actually attempting to normalize this by actually just, you know, keep ridiculing, keep ridiculing, keep making jokes, however hurtful, however, you know, disturbing they may be, just keep doing it and almost uh, desensitize um, Muslims to the point where, you know, they don't even have the energy no more to, like, scream or say something about it. I want to uh, add something to that point. I want to okay, add something to the point. Whatever, whatever Nupur said, it's not derogatory because they are in Hadith. So if the Muslims need to get angry, they need to get angry at the writers of the Hadith, okay? They need to hang the writers of the Hadith first. Th that's the thing. Yeah, I want to agree. She just quoted was there in the Hadith. That's it. No derogatory terms there. Uh, I don't think Nippon Sharma should have done this. I don't agree. Because, oh, yeah. someone on my side, finally. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think she should have done it because I, I have two points about it. I mean, don't throw me under the bus. Just listen to the two points and then throw me under the bus. Okay. First point is that she is a spokesperson for BJP. Okay. As a government official, as a government person, you do not have the flexibility and the the ability to just speak your mind when you're talking in a public platform because you're representing your whole organization. So as a public figure who's doing a debate, even if the opposition is provoking you, you as a public figure, you as a government official and as the spokesperson are not allowed to react in the same way. So she, she didn't say that this is my personal opinion. She was talking as a representative. So, you know, like in Spider-Man, they say with great power comes great responsibility. So same thing with That's her. True. She should not have said that because she was I representing agree. BJP. 
All right. So as far I as agree, that is concerned, it was completely wrong, yeah. and that is why the reaction was justified. That's why the the organization had to ban her and all that other things happened. That's all justifiable. Now, saying saying that, I love that she did it. I love that she did it because we are fighting against blasphemy, and what she did is just one more knife in the back of blasphemy. Because if she did it, tomorrow somebody else will do it. And then two days later, two other people will do it. And a month later, a hundred people will do it. And just like he said, how many times are they going to protest? At one point, they're going to be like, oh, man, this is just all over the place. We cannot protest about it anymore. And that will normalize blasphemy. So these are my I... she She is basically like a martyr for the cause of getting rid of blasphemy, even though kind of bad what happened to her. But hey, it's one of those like, a soldier dying for the cause sort of thing and she un unknowingly died for the cause of getting rid of blasphemy i i think i i disagree i think if anything this would just stir up more more anger and arouse more more violence because no, if you if, if if you look at if you look at if you look at the if you look at the current political situation between india and its neighbor pakistan like this is this is just more fuel to add to the fire yes we need more fuel because if the more it's going to come up front. Look, okay, I'll give you an example. About 10, 15 years ago, whatever, Salman Rushdie wrote a book, right? He wrote one book and the whole world lost their mind, just burning cars and killing people and all. Many people died in those riots, right? Okay, after that, people still did blasphemy, but the reaction became lesser and lesser and lesser. Now, uh, move down to Charlie Hebdo. They wrote, they made a picture of Muhammad guys went to their office and shot everybody, right? Big reaction, all hell broke loose. What was the result of it? Big posters on the sides of building with Muhammad's pictures on it. So that reaction, that action caused that much of a reaction that now in France, blasphemy of profit is like, ah, oh, okay, big deal. You know, it's all over the news, so no big deal. Yeah, so, but also a kid lopped off a teacher's head in France. Exactly. Because of uh, he, because of no, derogatory that, terms towards yeah. the prophet. So that's what so I'm, 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 I'm. What I'm saying is this: I think I think like we 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 would hope to kind of you know for for this to become normalized, but there, it's it's clear in Islam that if anyone insults the the faith or the prophet, you, you're gonna have to step up. It's 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 there in the it's there in the dogma. So if anything, we're we're we might just also be our. I mean, you know, giving fuel to, to the wrong people. It depends on who interprets it to the extreme. Like like uh, uh, Abdullah says, like there's a spectrum of Muslims. Not everybody interprets those ideas as valid in today's time and today's space. Yeah, but we're talking so, about a small... Like, here's the thing. Like, well, even I grew up in your example, you're talking about France that has hundreds and thousands of Muslims and yes. there's one guy who went ahead and killed another guy. So that yeah, but there was many world. people that were in support of that too. That said, yes, that's fine. That's small little. Model. No, that's, that's what he deserved. I want to jump in. We can't have that. I want to jump in. Um, so I think I don't. So what I was gonna say is, we have to be careful that we don't end up giving in to terrorists. So we do need to be careful. We do need to like consider the potential reaction from what we do in general and i'm always you know you guys always know i'm always like okay i don't think this was a good idea i don't think this was usually i'm on the side of 
you know, when you have people like Almin Nawabi that does that goes the opposite direction and, you know, is burning Qurans and doing these things. And I respect his, you know, what he's trying to do, which is what Zagros was saying, which is pushing the boundaries. And I think we need both. But at the same time, we cannot tiptoe around, you know, people's unreasonable sensibilities to the point that, you know, we're just going to like be scared that if we say anything, they're going to go and shoot someone or kill someone. We do need to say what we need to say from the like 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 Daisy Neal was saying, I, I've kind of changed my views a lot after talking to Ali Rizvi and Almin Nababi about this very topic of blasphemy. Because I realized that, and also Apostate Prophet. Apostate Prophet is way out there compared to me, right? And Amin Nawabi. And these guys have actually taught me that, you know, not you don't always need to tiptoe around this situation. Just like he said, when Salman Rushdie came out, you know, the whole Muslim, Muslim world lost the shit. But now it's like, you know, these things happen and people are like, I don't know. I mean, yes, it's still like a lot of overreactions, but it's getting less and less every time we do it. So I do think, again, there's no right and wrong answer here. We're all just guessing at what's the best way to approach this as secular no, activists. And you know, right. no, but but yeah. the but the sad thing is that people are losing lives every time this happens. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you know the where thing. the point the point to which I want us to come is um, the day where there are so many people who are publicly openly blaspheming that whoever it is in the muslim community you know call them extremists call them radicals call them jihadis whatever you want to call them those who uh, will not hesitate to kill people i want them to get to the state where they're like wait who were we killing again wait who, who, like you know I, I want there to be so many people who are blaspheming openly and publicly that they won't even know who to shoot anymore because like we have to get to the point where you know we have to be like okay we are all here like who which one of us are you gonna shoot how many bullets do you have of course i'm kind of caricaturing yeah, you know yeah, what i envisage it, but yeah yeah that's kind of the like I, I i do resonate with that but i also i also see where muhammad's coming from so it's it's a balancing act for sure you have to try to do it in a way where there's the least amount of retaliation that you know, and, and unnecessary death and destruction. Of course, sometimes you can avoid it. Um, like, for example, again, I got you know, someone asked about Robert Spencer. I, I don't know if it was you, Zagros. I think it was you. <laughs> and I, he actually jumped all over me for talk for saying that I was against the Quran burnings in, I don't remember, Norway, Sweden. Not recently. This was like before, right? And it's the same thing. I wasn't saying that it's like, you know, they did blasphemy. I'm not saying they did blasphemy. I don't care what they burn. It's their property. If they bought the book, as long as they didn't steal it, whatever, they can do what they want with it. They can burn it, whatever. But the point is, it's just like an offensive act for the sake of being offensive. I didn't feel like that was a beneficial thing to do. I didn't think it helped the situation. And again, you have Tinderbox situation. Now, the, let, let's be real. The problem, we have a big problem here. Why is it that this community is so easy to set off more than it appears to be other communities? Now, Again, in India, I think you have the rise of the far-right Hindu now that, that they also will get just equally offended over... Yeah, I mean, we all saw what happened to Amin Nawabi when he was mocking... Um, somehow it started with me, and then Amin got roped in, and then Amin became this, like, you know, the public enemy of, the, of India, and he has, like, like, court cases against him now or something like that. So it, it, it happens in other communities too, for sure. But we, t we tend to see it happening over and over and over again with Islam more than other communities especially this like maybe it'll, it'll happen in other communities too i don't know but whatever the community is doing it is wrong and we need to fight it and we need to push back 
for more tolerance and for more, you know, like, okay, people say shit all the time. Just let it go and move on with your life. It's the people that like this Nupur Sharma thing. I don't even know if anyone would have heard about it if it wasn't for the fact that they made they made it into international news. You know what I mean? They like they're their own worst enemies. Muslims sometimes they're like, you know, they're making the situation ten times worse by drawing more attention to it, by protesting it, by fighting it, instead of just ignoring it. Like, I, like the movie, like the Lady of Heaven movie in Canada and the US, mm. nothing happened. No one even knows about it. It's, it's an like excuse a, for them to target movie. the BJP government. Sorry? It's an excuse for them to target the BJP government. You see, they, they just need an excuse. Nupur Sharma is not the target here. The government is the target. They want mm. to topple the BJP government. That's the mm-hmm. that's the real intention. They don't care what Nupur Sharma says. You know, ex-Muslims, like many other ex-Muslims, they went to TV, they went on TV and they said stuff, the same stuff which Nupur said. Yeah, there I are think, many uh, Muslim channels Abdullah in India. Abdullah is not aware too. of it. Uh, you're, uh, you're aware, right? Just recently for the past few it's, weeks. Yeah, uh, Sahil, Sahil, right? Yeah, 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 on yeah, national I, television yeah. and all that. And they've yeah. never seen ex-Muslims on national television. So there's in like India. a whole thing happening in India right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard about it from Hal Sultan's channel. Um, yeah, that's interesting. That's big news, right? One more last thing I want to talk about, guys, before we close up for the day is um, Black Angel shared this uh, link with me. Uh, not link, but like, okay, check this out. So Apostle Prophet is pretty mad. Um, he said that he got final word now that, I don't know why I click on it. Does, oh, there we go. Okay, so your account has been suspended and will not be destroyed because it was found to be violating Twitter's terms of service, specifically... The Twitter rules against hateful conduct. It's against the rules to promote violence against or directly attack or threaten other people <laughs> on the basis of race, ethnicity, national origin, so on and so forth. Additionally, if we, uh, is religion in there? Religion, religious affiliation. So they're saying he's promoting violence or directly attacking or threatening people based on religion, which is bizarre. It's definitely not like, I don't see how what he posted below that was actually, I mean, I'm sure we all agree it was not, but he said, I'll delete my YouTube channel if that's what I, if that's, if anyone can prove that that's what I'm doing. So see, any, Abdullah, that's why I was saying that he should sue Twitter, because if he can indeed uh, prove that he has never actually uh, infringed on any of these Twitter policies um, uh, and that he was falsely banned from the platform, I think he has a good case. Uh, he could have a good case. Yeah, yeah, but we also got to is- remember the the people that that do the screening and uh, that are part of Twitter's um, the policy team are we we have to take them into consideration too. Like, let's yeah, be honest, be like they're 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 they're, yeah. they're 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 not too uh, neutral, <laughs> to put it lightly. Yeah, yeah. But this looks like I think for a permanent ban of this level, it's definitely a human being that was you know I I would assume it'd be like a high level, but I don't know for sure. Um, in terms of terms of service, Zagros, I'm pretty sure Twitter has like a hundred page legal thing that you agree to when you create an account. And probably on page 51 of a hundred, it says that you cannot sue us for any anything whatsoever if you kick you <laughs> off the platform. That, that's probably. The, probably the case. Yeah. 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 So, anyways, okay. But, so, guys, okay, I think go ahead. Last, last words and then we wrap up. I think this is absolutely ridiculous. Like, this is quite literally against everything Twitter stands for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right, my last Preach, words brother. are... Preach, Yeah, go ahead. Atheism is not a philosophy. It's not an ideology. It's not a belief in disbelief or a disbelief in belief. It's merely a stance of neutrality that one maintains with regards to yet-to-be-substantiated uh, claims about one deity or another. 
Beautifully said. I love that. Okay, anyone else? I disagree. <laughs> disagree? <laughs> Do you say disagree? I disagree because atheism is because because atheism is quite literally non-theism. It, it it means disbelief quite literally. I think that I think the pro I think the word you're looking for is agnosticism. You could be agnostic about something that is yet to be proven. But atheism yeah, is, is 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 I'm putting my foot down. There is no God. I, I think in the colloquial the terms, very... that's not how we use it anymore. But atheism is a very irrational position, in my opinion. Ending off for today. Stop. Sucking. I completely <laughs> agree. I completely agree. If you, it's completely irrational. irrational. I rather I rather take Pascal's wager to be honest. And they'll come up and like these things don't happen by themselves. There has to be a creator. Or all of these things. You guys creating drama just when I'm about to go home, <laughs> just about to log off. All right, the guys, night. take care. Had a yeah. fun talking to you guys. Take yeah, care. Absolutely. Abdullah, yeah, absolutely. Always nice you. talking right. to you. Take care, guys. Uh, I appreciate the chat. Take care. Bye bye. Yeah, this was awesome. Thanks, everyone. And okay, that's a wrap then. Uh, this was a great conversation. Thank you, everyone, for joining. And uh, this was fun. Uh, first time doing it in a long time. And yeah, just. Um, Anyone wants to support the channel, please do consider subscribing, leave a comment, thumbs up, and all that fun stuff. And of course, join the Patreon if you'd like to financially support the channel as well. Thank you, everyone. Have a good day, a good night, and uh, I will see you again in the next live stream, which hopefully will be with Abdullah Gondal. Abdullah Gondal is now just about ready to present his material, the the response to epileptic prophet response from Farid. So Farid Al Bahrani you know gangutali as we call them sometimes and uh we have a really good response coming and you know it's a lot of cherry picking that he's he was doing picking on the you know not looking at the strongest arguments misrepresenting positions being dishonest and you know all of that stuff but like we have evidence to show how these guys operate it's going to be amazing so hopefully we will see you all at the next live stream whenever that is i haven't confirmed the time maybe next weekend um, and for now, and stay away from Islam. Don't forget to tag Twitter support and ask uh, Twitter support to give Prostate Prophet his channel, not his channel, his, his account back. All right, everyone. Take care. Good night. Bye.